Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! Fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Just give me my retro. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I am Duke. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Chris Roberts. So this is episode 11, which means that uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do for our big one-year anniversary show, which would be our, our next one, our 12th. Yeah, it's hard. So we really haven't really it's hard to believe <laughs> discussed it's been that yet. It's a year already, man. It seemed like uh, I know. just yesterday when you when you asked me if I wanted to do this. Well, time I know. flies, man. So, We've been through a lot. We'll have to figure something out, something kind of semi-special, I guess, just to kind of, you know, commemorate the uh, the one-year anniversary. So we'll have to put some thought into that. But uh, let's open the show here with a couple of things. Uh, first off, well, you know, we always talk about that Beat the Bandy Challenge. I don't know if we should. I think our audience is getting sick of hearing about the Beat the Bandy Challenge. Well, maybe we'll just skip that this well, month. What should, do you think? should we skip it? Because it feels like uh, there's a new champion. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Man, really? Maybe you're I right. I feel like uh, the the streak has been broken. <sighs> the streak has been broken. So this month was Tetris, and <clears throat> I knew going in this is not my type of game because my brain this relies on it does. There's no pattern recognition or memory. I'm sorry, level memorization stuff like that, which is my strength. This relies solely on. You know your your mind reacting quickly yep. reflexes and i'm just yeah reflexes right so i'm not the best at that so congratulations to i for, forgive me what is matt's <laughs> wife's name it, it's it's a uh, it's krista bandy and Cr- krista that's it uh i was with them when you announced your defeat <laughs> and i relayed that to them and matt had a real big smile and you should have recorded I it. I should have. I sh- There's so many things I should have recorded yesterday. I hung out with Matt the, the whole day, and we had a bunch of little adventures. But um, one of them was uh, I went with him and his wife to the car dealership, and I'll leave that story for him. But he got they got a new vehicle, and while I was there, I, that's when you had messaged me. And I told them, and he had the big smile on his face, and he said... <laughs> I knew she was going to win. That's the only reason I chose Tetris. So, and then the, the look <laughs> on her face was like, wait a minute. Like she was a pawn. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. He's like, Hey, it's called beat the bandy. It didn't say which one, you know? So <laughs> right. you never know. He might well, have to bring his daughter into this or his son. You never cousins, <laughs> parents. You don't know you. There's plenty of bandies. Oh man. Well, in all seriousness, I, I gave it my all. I tried as hard as I could because that's how I am, and they earned it. They both beat me, but Matt Matt was second, and I was third. And uh, props to you and the Rambox for also posting some good scores as well. Um, but they they I mean she especially demolished me. I, I couldn't get I could not get past one hundred and fifty nine thousand. I think it was. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I could not I could not do it. My my method was real quick. I you know I my skill set is what it is. I, I can't, I could not improve 
what I was doing. Essentially, I was just waiting for that perfect tile set. Right. And then, and so if I didn't get a hits. couple of, yeah, if I was just kind of, I just kept, I, I thought, well, Va, if I just keep playing and playing and playing, all, eventually I'll get this perfect tile set and everything will just fall into place. And it just never happened. So, now, did so that you was my method. Level zero, or did you start on a more advanced level? No, I, I kind of determined that it made, I, I kind of found my sweet spot. Um, for me, starting on level seven okay. was what was best for me. Because if I started on level eight, which is what I was doing for quite a while, I was not doing well with that. You get higher scores for your Tetrises, right. but everybody, I guess, has their kind of starting point. So for me, it was level seven. Um, that was where I was getting my highest scores, was starting on level seven. See, that I was so. the sucker because I know you're supposed to start on a higher level. I know this because I won, well... I won an award. Not that I was necessarily competing with anybody, but when actually it was a pin. But when me and Matt and Curtis we went to a, one of the Retro City Fest, uh, there was all these pins that you can get, and some of them you just had to go to booze. Some of them you had to earn them somehow. Well, one was the Tetris pin, and um, and like what I mean by pins, like something you'd put on your shirt or a hat or something like those kind of pins. Mm -hmm. And uh, you had to get 100,000. So I was over there just starting on, le I started on level zero. And I just felt like, well, that's how I always played the game. But then I heard someone yeah. say like, no, 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 you're supposed to start on level nine. It's way easier. And then I just thought, I didn't want to not get it on, because you get one attempt at it and then you had to go stand back in line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't want to, so I played it safe and started on level zero. And that's how I was doing this, and I kind of forgot about that starting on the later levels because you would get, you know, the higher points for the Tetris, or, I mean, Tetris is, is or, I don't even know what they're called. I guess there's, it's a Tetris, right, when you get the all yeah, four? Yeah, it's a Tetris. Right, yeah. I, so um, I forgot about that, but I did, and I didn't, I forgot to take a picture of it because I knew I was, I'd lost. Once I saw Krista's uh, score, that's all I was aiming for, but I actually did <laughs> yeah. get 175000 and but it's not documented so it doesn't matter it doesn't oh, matter you did? It, yeah nice. i did i i played i grinded pretty hard for about three days um because you know wow. i have some time off and and then i was listening to her and she's like starting on level 10 or whatever i'm like i forgot about that you know what i mean but it was too late because i wasn't by my nintendo and the contest is over yeah so. i tried a few times to start on level nine um, and I'm, I'm just, it just it was so fast. My brain does not work that fast. So anyway, uh, they deserve it. They earned it. I tried as hard as I could to to beat them, and I just didn't do it. So congratulations for finally giving me my first loss um, of the beat. That that sounded arrogant. I didn't mean finally. Give, I mean, congratulations to Matt and Krista for giving me my first loss. Hey. With the beat the bandy challenge, the bandies <laughs> have gotten the monkey off their back. Now it's all downhill. Yeah. You're in yeah. trouble. Like I'm telling yeah. you, like you yeah. might have lost your mojo, dude. <laughs> it might be that might be it. You might have to hang up your controller. Psychologically speaking, that might be right. This might have been like you know how uh, when a when a batter gets hit by a ball, he can't. He, it's not the same anymore. Yep, you got you know? the yips. <laughs> You're like the golfer who missed the putt, and now he can't make the putts no more. You, you, yeah, you got we'll the see yips, what he picks man. for next. I actually told him I was going to take next month off. He might have thought I was joking, but I think I'm serious because, like, it, it sucked the life out of me. I, I get a little obsessive. Yeah. So what happens is my retro room becomes the the only thing I do in here is, is just obsessively play whatever the Beat the Bandy game is. And it's, start, it's all I play. So I need, I need a little break from 
the Well, maybe you know, we'll get back that. to our second quest mission on uh Yeah. Cuz I I've gotten through 3 levels, but I admit the one I I forget which I did I'm not doing them in order. I'm doing them as I find them. And um Yeah. The one I'm on is tough, man. Like it's really tough. I think it's Dungeon 4 or something, which it makes me mad cuz like I'm thinking, "Damn, if Dungeon 4 is this hard, you know what I mean? What's eight, nine, yeah. you know, whatever, seven, eight, six, seven, whatever the other ones are. What is that one going to be? So I haven't done any, like, peeking. I don't know where anything's at. I'm burning every bush. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm doing everything, blowing up <clears> stuff. <throat> and, I, you know, it. I'm telling you, man, they did a great job of hiding these other dungeons. So Yeah, I need to get back into that, too. What, what, what really distracted me from that is, as I mentioned, I think our last episode is that, I picked up a Nintendo Switch. Yes. And I did uh, play through all the way the um, uh, Mario Odyssey, which I, I think I mentioned the last time, but I, I did beat it since then, and I just loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. It was so polished. You know, it, again, it kind of reminded me of why Nintendo is, is still around and still relevant because they just make such good games. So I really, really enjoyed Mario Odyssey. And now. My son Luke has a, a pretty good library of Switch games. I, I can just go into his room and pick the next one out. So I picked Link's Awakening, and I'm probably almost um, ready to beat that one as well. So I'm really I played that on the um, for the first time a couple of years ago, maybe six or seven years ago. I played it on my 3DS, which was the uh, DX version. Okay. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved it, and uh, so it's really fun replaying it with these polished graphics and everything, and it's it's just such a great art style, and it's quirky with the sound effects and everything, and the voices, and I'm just really having a, a, a great time playing through uh, Link's Awakening again, so um, that's what's been distracting me from, because uh, I don't play that in my retro room, I can, which is the great thing, I, I love, I'm loving the Switch, it just feels so good in your hands, it's such a nice little console, and I, I play it about 50-50, docked and handheld. I'll, I'll play it in bed before I go to bed. Sometimes I'll throw it in my dock and play it on the TV. So I'm really enjoying that diversity, or that versatility, I guess I should say. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a, you know, a little late to the party, but I'm loving it. Yeah, uh, so. I bought it when it came out, uh, but I probably waited for like four months. You know, typical dumb gamer, I waited for like four or five months to actually open it up and play it. I just didn't want to not have it when it came out and um but when i i got into it man it's it's really good i mean it it's just, yeah. you know it's it like like you said it's essentially the um you know just the same as uh the original one but you know better enhanced yeah so exactly all right well actually uh, i meant to mention as well i've got a new mic here it's not uh, actually my son bought a new mic and it's a really nice one it's this big blue I think it's called a Yeti. Yeah. Yeah. It says Yeti on my my app here. So uh, I might sound a little bit different. Hopefully I sound a little sound better. Great. He said I can Yeah, he said I can use it whenever I want. So we'll see how it how it turns out. But I got a new mic. So that being said, let's get right into it. Chris, remember when we were kids and after a long, grueling week at school dealing with all that stupid crap like math and science and whatnot? And finally Friday comes and you get to stay up a little bit later playing Nintendo or watching some weird horror movie you probably shouldn't be watching. <laughs> right. But really what we've been anticipating is the following morning, Saturday morning, which is what officially kicked off our weekend. So you get up bright and early, pour out your favorite bowl of Fruity Pebbles and click on the old Zenith and nestle into your favorite spot and bask in the glory of our Saturday morning cartoon lineup. 
It was a staple of most children's weekly routines from the 80s, and I think it'd be hard to find a person from that time that didn't experience Saturday morning cartoons, at least on some level of enjoyment. What about you, Chris? What's your experience with your memories of Saturday morning cartoons? It was the first time I was committed to getting up early. On purpose, like without (laughs) my mom or somebody telling me to get up to go to school or get up or going somewhere. Like I was committed. I didn't have an alarm clock or anything. I don't know how I did it. Maybe I asked some. I I was trying to think about that. I was like, what made me wake up? But somehow I would be awake uh, some mornings around 530 because there was I could watch. There was a few on that started then. Typically, the good cartoons started around 7 a.m. my time. And like the the heart yeah. of them were probably like the real good ones were probably around nine I think I'd have to go back and look at some of those listings but I feel like you know like it was kind of like any lineup on TV right you have your nine o'clock slot you know yeah. your, what they would put Cheers or Seinfeld or whatever on uh, so you had your prime time spot for the like the big showcase cartoon the big the the one that they'd probably get the biggest audience and um, sure. But, uh, or maybe, uh, I don't know, or maybe, yeah, because each time zone did it, it wasn't like they were live, so we were all experiencing it the same thing, so yeah, uh, probably about that, but getting up early and, you know, making my way towards the TV and, you know, trying to claim it as my own for the next three or four hours, that was always my goal on Saturdays. <laughs> so let me ask you that, did you have to compete with your parents or siblings uh, for that time slot for the Saturday morning cartoons? No, well, not parent, not siblings. Um, I, I only have one brother, and he didn't come around until I was eleven. So at that point, yeah. I already had other options. If I wanted to watch cartoons, I had my own TV, uh, so I didn't have to compete with nobody at that point. Plus, he would, I would have been the boss anyways. <laughs> like, I mean, by the time he was <laughs> in cartoons, I was already in high school, so. Um, yeah, I didn't have to compete like that. Uh, there would be some times where my dad would want to watch like a motorsports or something like that. But typically they didn't start till noon. And that usually only cut out, you know, a few cartoons at the tail end. Um, yeah, he also liked Bugs Bunny. So that's usually the time slot that the Bugs Bunny hour came in. It was around noon in my at least in, in my area. So he actually liked that. So a lot of times he would watch it and then flip it over or, Uh you know what I mean? So sometimes it would still work out, but he wasn't into college football or college basketball, nothing like that or any, any sort of like traditional sport he didn't watch. So I never had to worry about that. Yeah, same. I never had to compete with anybody for my Saturday morning cartoon lineup. Um, uh, to this day, I'm I'm the first one up at my house here, and I was it was the same when I was a kid. I was always a morning morning person, and I was always the first one up because I've always just really liked that morning, the whole house to myself, everybody's quiet, the sun's barely up yet, kind of kind of mood. Uh, it's like all mine. So I've always been a morning person. Um, even now, I'll get up at least an hour before I have to start getting ready for work just to have my downtime and my coffee and look at my iPad. And it was the same thing as a kid. I loved being the first one up. I could do whatever I want, watch whatever I want. Nobody else was up. And it was kind of like a really cool feeling. So I never had to compete with my siblings because they all slept in. In fact, I used to get so mad at my brother because he is the opposite of me. He will sleep till like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I wanted to play when we were close in age. So I wanted to play with him when we were kids. And I'd be like, 
Paul, the, the day's half over. Will you get up? You know, the sun's going to be setting soon. I want to go out and play out in the backyard or play basketball or something or whatever. And he just, he would sleep in. To this day, he, he's the same way. But, um, yeah, I had I had free reign on my Saturday mornings, which was uh, which was great. So, yeah, and, and you know, and I was a pretty dedicated watcher. Like I, I, I would usually choose that over other things. But I mean, there was times where like I was, you know, in like a soccer league or something. So, you know, I would lose some cartoon time. And I remember that was always kind of one of those things where it's like I wanted to do this thing, but I kind of it sucked missing this other thing. You know what I mean? But yeah, there was a good thing about Saturday morning cartoons was they had reruns. So. If you missed them yeah. one week, at some point you probably would end yeah. up catching the replay. They only put sure. out so many episodes, so yeah. And I guess we'll talk a little bit about that collective experience. It also uh, applies to other things. Like um, I kind of related to like radio. You know how like you know nowadays we have this freedom to listen to whatever we want whenever we want, but. There is something that's lost there. You know, when you have a DJ that has a personality and he picks the songs and they're a part of his kind of personality, he knows how to put them together in the right order. And there's something to be said for for having somebody give you their experience or their lineup, so to speak, where, whether it's, you know, cartoons or TV shows or, or music. And I see uh, watching my kids experience their mornings, um, even their Saturday mornings as children, was completely different than mine. Because by the time my kids were toddler age and wanted to watch cartoons and stuff, there was Cartoon Network, which was like 24 hours of, of cartoons on all the time. So there was no, there was no need to, to wake up at a certain time and collectively watch a television show or watch it when it was on. Because we also had DVR. So you could just record any show you wanted and just pop it on whenever you want it. And that does sound, it is good on some level, but at the same time, I don't know, I think there's something, at least for me in my experience, I feel like there was something special about having to get up at a certain time and having these shows come on. You didn't have control over everything. It was kind of presented to you, and it was what it was. And uh, I think there's something to be said for that. And my kids don't have this experience with Saturday morning cartoons, as one example, of of having that. So, and just, again, just like the radio, they don't listen to radio stations. So they'll just put on whatever they want, and maybe they're missing out on some stuff. Maybe maybe the DJ might have a good idea. Hey, maybe maybe you never heard this song. Check this one out. So there is something lost there. Um, although there's a benefit to having all that control and all that freedom, there's also something that's missing. Well, yeah, they're in the, the a la carte era, right? I mean, you can choose yeah. whatever you want and watch it whenever you want. Uh, we were more into, like, the water cooler time, right, where yeah. you would have these events and that you had to be there, and if you didn't, you missed out on Monday morning if kids were talking about a certain cartoon they watched or or even, like, when the every now and then there you know be cartoons at night. I know that's not the topic now, but you know what I mean? Like, those, when they were on, they were on. That was it. You know what I mean? Like, if you missed it, you missed yep. it. So there was really something that was more of a, like, a communal experience, you know? Plus, yeah. there, I mean, you did have some options. I mean, we had, you know, most of our childhood was just kind of the three networks, the ABC, CBS, and uh, NBC. Um, towards the yep. tail end, Fox became a player. Mm -hmm. And then they, they started putting on their own Saturday morning lineup. 
But so, you know, uh, like, I don't know, one of my rituals would be I, uh, I would get access to a TV guide. And I would go through and I would basically plan my schedule. You know, like what my viewing schedule, what I was going to watch. You know, there were certain cartoons right. I weren't, wasn't going to miss. And some of them I didn't care. Like, especially like uh, if it was getting towards like, okay, I need to stay on to watch, you know, let's say Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling or something. But <laughs> uh, it was a rerun. And I didn't really care about the stuff after on any of the channels or college football would come on a certain time of year and they would start interrupting because they would you know we're on, i'm on the west coast so college football starts at 9 a.m here you know what i mean um uh-huh. so when when you turn on like if i want to watch like notre dame or something you know that's at 9 a.m you know what i mean uh, some of them are on at noon and stuff but there's the competition of college athletics would chew into some of our cartoon viewing so yeah. some weekends it'd be like, oh, okay, well, college sports is on, so I don't get to, I don't have, and then I would go play or I'd find something else to do. But it was kind of cool to kind of like plan out the little schedule, look at the TV guide, you know, and uh, then of course, you know, it was always cool whenever like the new fall started, because then, you know, you'd get a new cartoon lineup and those were always exciting. Like, what did you think about uh, yeah. like that time of year? I mean, that felt like Christmas to a kid. Yeah, yeah. It was just something like, I don't know, something I would always look forward to. That was another, uh, we didn't actually get the real TV guide. My grandparents did. So when I would go to their house, I would look at that. Um, they didn't always get I was, it. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah, I never had that TV guide, the small one that had all the, like the glossy right. cover. And I remember seeing that in the grocery store, and I would be one, and I would wonder why would anybody pay for that when you when you get the free one in the paper? Right. Well, so we always had the free one. The strange thing is, is they would get both. They they always primarily used the one from the newspaper, but every now and then my grandmother would buy. She wasn't a subscriber to TV Guide, but every now and then she would buy it, and that actually got me to convince my mom to buy them. Like I wanted to have them around. I didn't really care about having a newspaper subscription, but I wanted that TV Guide because, like, you know, you got more than just you know. Well, I mean, I guess it was the same thing as far as like it would pro- show you the whole week of programming, but you also got little previews, you got little articles. You know, it's like the guys who yeah. watch Playboy who, you know, only get it for or read Playboy, they only do it for the articles, <laughs> you know what I mean? But there would be some cool yeah. articles in the TV guide. Um, you would there would be things in there that would talk about and especially like the preview ones, like the fall preview. They had one specifically for, you know, like the main the, the adult shows, right? But they would yeah. also have little sections in those TV guides that would also talk about the cartoon lineup. And I yeah. used to enjoy yeah. that because, you know, you would see what new cartoons were coming out. Plus, they also primed you a little bit. They would give you commercials for the new cartoons that were coming out as well while you watched them. But um, Right. So I really do that, – that's something I always, uh, uh, you know, is pretty um, nostalgic for me thinking about that. And then also, you know, like the, the fact was like – the cartoons were programmed for you. You know, they were definitely designed to hook you. So every commercial was also designed for you. And our mm. commercials were almost cartoons, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, the, they were fun. Well, yeah. they were they were they were extension of cartoons because some of them would be episodic. Like, you know, I think of all the serial commercials like uh, Toucan Sam, you know, or the the Cocoa Puffs, you know bird or whatever and um or fruity pebbles you know you had these little cartoons that would come on within the commercials which were always kind of fun as well and of course you had the toy cartoons which were awesome you know what i mean 
Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, it was really a great experience because everything about it was, you know, directed towards you. You know what I mean? And um, Yeah, and, and unlike commercials nowadays, as a kid, you didn't... You, you liked the commercials. Right. You wanted to see those new Transformer toys. Yeah, yeah. you look forward to them. Now it's, uh, you know, you, you, you're mad when you have to watch live TV. You want to stream everything. Yeah. So... Well, you know, going back to the TV guide, it's you know I've, I've mentioned many times before the frugalness of my parents. So there was there was no way in heck that they were going to buy something that they got for free in the paper. So, but I always was intrigued at, at what was in those those glossy magazines on the in the grocery market because they were thick, and I'm like, you know, the one that I get in the paper is really thin. So there's got to be a lot more stuff in there, and I, I probably grabbed it a couple times and would flip through it and see pictures. You know, it's all like in color and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to think. I mean, think about it. Back then, you know, on top of the television was this uh, little magazine that you had to have uh, current right. to be able to find out what's going on and what's on TV. If you didn't have that, man, you had to sit there and flip around and just wonder what was coming on next. Uh, if, if for some reason it got lost or it maybe was missing from the paper or something, but it's it's just funny. Now we we just jump on the internet now and can, can look anything up. But well, or uh, I mean, beyond that, I mean. If you have any sort of provider, like a cable or satellite, they have a built-in guide. You can just click a button, and it'll scroll on the bottom, and you can see what's coming on for the next six, seven hours. Yeah. You can skip, you know, you can go ahead in time and look at, or you can make bring up the big guide and, you know, look at all of yeah. them at one time. So it, it is interesting how, uh, even, I mean, that's kind of a side story or topic, but, I mean, the TV guide, it's funny to see its demise because it became like this... It was this this huge essential thing, and to try to explain to children why it mattered is it's kind of funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, for sure. I could just yeah. Google it, or I could just pull up. I can go right to the channel's website or in an app or whatever. <laughs> you know, like I can find out within seconds. Uh, Twitter, or whatever. You know. Did you ever, did you ever experience every once in a great while the TV guy would be wrong? Yeah. Where it would say, and I remember as a kid thinking. How could that be? Like, what what happened? What's going on? Like, it was so mysterious. Like it says it's this, but something else is on. What where what went wrong? And it was like this big mystery. I just remember thinking as a kid how that could have happened and what the story was behind that. It's just something funny to think about. Yeah, I I was always a little bitter when something was wrong. Like that always oh, made yeah. me mad. <laughs> I was like, dude. But, Especially if it's something you wanted to watch, of course. Well, and it's funny because, you know, like, again, I, I had the bare-bone TV guide as well. I mean, like, when I was, that was usually the one I had. We didn't, like, we weren't a subscriber to the good one, but I really, you know, when it was me and my mom on our own, I really pushed for her to get it because uh, I did enjoy, like, even their little preview sections. Like, I still even have some of them around here for, like, I cut out, like, the wrestling ones. And, uh, yeah. you know, they would have, like, a little preview, like, I know a big one for me, and I know it's, again, a little off topic, but, um, like, Saturday Night's main event, it was, like, a wrestling show, but they would show you, like, the card, you know what I mean? Like, you could see who was going to wrestle in, like, the good right. TV guide, but in the bootleg TV guide, it just showed it, like, Saturday Night, you know, it just said it was on. <laughs> Sometimes they would have a little blurb at the bottom telling you a little bit about it, but it wasn't much, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. There was usually a little description yeah, of the show. Not, but this. not always. Yeah. They didn't always do it. Sometimes they would give you a little synopsis of what was coming up, yeah. but it didn't happen every time. Whereas uh, the good TV guide kind of showed you a little more. So I always preferred yep. the, the real one. Well, we put together a list of our, our top 10 favorite 
Saturday morning cartoons and uh, I guess we'll go from the bottom up towards the top and I'll go ahead and kick things off. Uh, my 10th favorite Saturday morning cartoon was Dennis the Menace. You a fan of that one? I did watch it. It I was probably more like if I was competing between what was a similar one, I was probably more into like Richie Rich, but um, I did watch it. It wasn't in my top ten. I don't think it even might not even make my top twenty, but I did like the show. It was good. <laughs> well, yeah, it's at the very bottom of mine, but I did. I I think I could be wrong, but I think I was really into skateboarding at that time, and the opening has him on a skateboard and it's you know pretty good animation for the opening sequence and i always just like seeing that that sequence and it was just it was it was a pretty good show it was funny like he was always getting on the i can't remember the guy his neighbor's name but um you know this is derived from a, a comic strip in in the papers and maybe we maybe we should do a, a podcast or an episode about uh, comic strips we should do that one day yeah, sure. <laughs> but this uh, dennis the menace was in the papers you know it was always you know like the peanuts or whatever um and they, they made a cartoon and um, I don't remember much about it. I just remember watching it. I remember liking it. And I remember it was funny. And it was well done. And it made me laugh. Um, so I don't know what else to say besides that. It's at the bottom of my list, as I said. But um, I do remember liking it. What's your 10th? Well, I am looking at my list. And I was kind of going back and forth. But um, I will go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Did you ever uh, watch okay. Spider-Man and his amazing... And the only reason it's a little lower on this list is because I feel like my top 10 is pretty solid. And it's like... I'm like Sophie's Choice over here. I've gone back and forth a bunch of times with these things. But um, that was the first time I was ever really exposed to Spider-Man on a consistent basis. I was more of a DC guy when I was really young because, you know, Superman and Super Friends were kind of really big. And even yeah. Batman, to a certain extent, even though he wasn't as big as he became later on, or at least in my experience. I know he was big in the uh -huh. 60s, and but he kind of really kind of had his resurgence in the later 80s um, when they, yeah. they did the Tim Burton movies. But um, that was really my first, and I did watch a little bit of the Spider-Man, like the live action show, but uh -huh. so I didn't, but I didn't see it a lot because. Uh, I, you know, it just wasn't, it must have been up against something. <laughs> I don't know. My, you know, my dad controlled the, the night TV. Um, he was a big Incredible Hulk fan, though, so that I always got to see. But I don't remember watching too much of the live action. But I love the Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. Um, you know, it had Iceman and Firestorm. And then you'd have these various bad guys from the comics that, you know, they would battle week to week. And I, there wasn't a ton of episodes for the series. I don't think it went as long as it could have. Um, in my market, they bunched it up with, um, it was like an hour programming, like the first half hour was Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And the second half hour was uh, incredible Hulk. Um, so I kind of okay. consider them both the same cartoon in some way, which is ironic because, you know, like they're not, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they never <laughs> interacted as far as I remember, but I kind of felt like it was like the same show sort of, but they're really actually two cartoons, but so I really looked forward to that hour of TV. Um, it was really good. It was my first, real, like I said, my first real ex exposure to Spider-Man and Peter Parker and some of these other, like I, I never heard of Iceman. I, I didn't read X-Men comics at that age because we're talking like, I don't know, 82, 83 when this was on, you know, when I could yep. first started something like that. 
Um, so at that point, I hadn't started reading comic books or anything like that. So this was like really my first exposure to a lot of these characters, you know, other than the Incredible Hulk in the second, you know, half hour. Uh, but yeah. what about you? Did you uh, did you watch the Spider Man as Amazing Friends? Oh heck yeah! It's it's on my list and it's much higher. Um, I loved it, loved it. It was it's one of my favorites. Um, I, I'm a huge Spider Man fan, and it might be because of this cartoon. Um, but I, I love Spider Man as far back as I can remember. Um, huge Spider Man comic collector. Um, I had Spider Man puzzles, Spider Man books. You know, I just I was huge huge Spider Man fan, and this this was the first time. I was exposed to his because I watched this before I probably read the comics uh, on a regular basis. So I, I got the funny Peter Parker and Spider-Man, the quirky banter back and forth. And I just always thought he was so funny in this cartoon. And the voice acting is really good with uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. You'll probably get a medal for this. And all I'll get is a cold shoulder. You want to love that. <laughs> funny webs, funny. And much like you, I, I had no idea that Iceman and Firestar were their X-Men, you're saying? I know Iceman is, right? Uh, no, yeah, Iceman is. Not Fire, not Firestar. Um, I don't know what she was. I guess she just... I really don't know what her affiliation was, but they they probably wanted a female role for the show uh, to kind of, like, you know, broaden the audience a little yeah. bit. Um, plus, you know, female roles have always been kind of popular in our culture, you know, pop culture. You, you know, you have your Princess yep. Leia's, you know, you have your counterpoints, yep. you know what I mean? But uh, so that was probably yeah. maybe they're thinking with lumping her in with uh, Spider-Man because I really don't know if they had any connection in the comic books prior to this. I'm assuming they must have after at some point, but I'm not really, yeah. I'm not a big comic guy, so I don't know. I just thought they were made for the cartoon at the time. I had no idea they were in comics. Uh, I never saw them in the Spider-Man comics, to, to the best of my recollection. Uh, but I, I love those two characters. And it was a great combination to have the fire and the ice and then Spider-Man. Even like in the intro, they show uh, Firestar fighting that big monster. And then the Iceman freezes him and then Spider-Man kicks him and he breaks apart. You yep. know, just that whole dynamic. Yeah, they kind of give you an idea of, of how it works. They show you their yeah. little base and their, you know, all their little. It was kind of like a, yeah. like they wanted you to. Anytime you tuned in, you were up to speed. It could have been your first episode, and you were ready yeah. to go. It was kind of indicative of a lot of shows in that era, but because uh, even TV, yeah. like even the A Team, would give you a breakdown of the A Team every episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yep. But yeah, great, great pick. Absolutely love that show. It was one of my favorites. Um, I, I back to Iceman. I loved how he was like scooting around on that bridge that he made. It was just the coolest thing, and uh, yeah, great, great show. And it, it probably, possibly, could have kicked off my love of Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, that's a good one for sure. So my my number nine, I have Thundar the Barbarian. Thundar the Barbarian. That, that one. I love Thundar the Barbarian, and he's higher on my list, and he is on my list, spoiler alert, but uh, I, I loved everything about Thundar, it it scratched every itch I needed, and I'll talk a little more about it when I talk about him, but go ahead, tell me your thoughts on Thundar. Well, I, I don't have too much to say, because I, I don't have the strongest, because this was a little earlier. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was yeah. An it was a, show, right? I believe it was a tail end of the '70s, but they reran yeah. it all through the '80s. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it didn't have any real lasting um, 
you know, I just remember primarily the imagery, the, the, the guy with the laser sword and, and the, the barbarian kind of, and the girl in the blue dress, right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think her name was, um, damn, she was Princess something. Yeah. So you had you had the guy who looked like Chewbacca. Yep, right? yep, yep. <laughs> uh, he was a Chewbacca ripoff. You had Thundar, which was basically a Luke Skywalker ripoff. Exactly, especially yep. if you look at some of the comic drawings of Luke Skywalker, they had a very similar stance. Yep. Of course, he had a, a like a lightsaber. Uh-huh. Of course, it was the sun, sun sword for him. But uh, I forget her name. I, I want to say it was like Tara or... <sighs> I don't know. I actually have it. I have it here, but, uh, you know... But, yeah, that's uh, one that I've been wanting well, to revisit and check out again because I, again, it's it's just like sort of like Dennis the Menace. I remember liking it and watching it a lot, but I don't have a lot of details about why I liked it so much. Probably just because it was, you know, you got a laser sword, you got a, a cool monster and a barbarian kind of uh, theme. And, of course, that was all the rave in the 80s. So that's that made my list. Well, I have the complete series on four discs. And they do not say their names on the cover. <laughs> I was hoping just to pop out the cover on you to tell you. I I think her name was, no, it was it was Ariel. Okay. I, I feel like I don't know. That sounds familiar to me. You know what? I'm gonna Google it. Let's let Google answer this. Was she a mermaid too? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think so. Like again, I could be wrong, but I feel like that was. Thundar, the Barbarian, Wikipedia. Let's see what they say. Oh, here we go. Now I got it. Characters. Here we go. Thundar, uh, o- Olak the Muck, or the Mock, <laughs> Olak the Mock. That was that was the Chewbacca uh-huh, one. Yep. And yeah, it was Princess Ariel. There you go. Good job. Yeah, Princess Ariel. That was her name. They had a couple of uh, villains that would come back a little bit, but uh, primarily it was kind of a... Um, kind of like a one and done each episode kind of thing yeah. they didn't really string together them or nothing like that as far as yeah. i remember yeah probably um, they didn't have any uh just kind of like to most of the cartoons and tv shows of the day like each episode was standalone and there wasn't yeah. a lot to connect them yeah so as i said i mean i don't have a lot of details as to why i liked it so much that's why it's kind of at the bottom of my list but i know it was one that i watched frequently and uh, I really enjoyed it as a younger kid, and that's why the memories aren't as fresh, because I watched it when I was a little younger. So what's what's your number, uh, what are we, number eight? We're at number nine. nine. Sorry. And this is my only non-cartoon, but I have to put it in here because it was in during the cartoon hour, and it was very cartoon-ish, but that would be Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, okay. And, uh... I watched that from the opening to the end. You know what I mean? Like that was I saw it from the first episode to the last episode. I I'm not claiming like to be a huge fan of it or anything like that, but Pee Wee was a big part of our culture. Absolutely. With and little cameos in movies and stuff like that, and commercials from time to time. Um, he did a lot with that. It was like a pink suit or whatever he would wear or something like that or I don't know. Whatever it was, he had some flamboyant look about him, and uh, I, I, no, actually, it wasn't pink. I'm looking at it right now. It was maybe it was his tie that was pink. He had a red tie, red bow tie. Yeah, red tie. There you go. But there was something about the dude. He he was well dressed, but he had that real high voice. He was always giggling all the time. But <laughs> you know, like uh, there was something about the show like that really kind of like it was like you know it was kind of like they combined like the Muppets or. 
you know, like those kind of like Sesame Street and stuff, you know what I mean? And then they, because it was kind of the same vibe, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you had adults, but they were interacting with these, um, you know, like real set pieces. Like he, want, his chair was cherry. Right, Everything right. had like a name. He had like the the little genie with the mecha leka high mecha honey ho, right? And he had globe, yeah, Globy he was the, uh, the globe. Right. And then the so, Terry, the Terry, the pterodactyl. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and, and he would tell you, it was again, they would tell you everybody's name in the intro. They basically introduced to you everybody in the show's uh, song. So it was something that, you know, you can kind of just jump in on it and watch it. And I'll admit, I was probably, it was probably designed for people who had a bit, kids a little bit younger than me, but I liked it. Yeah, you know yeah. Yep. So that's my number nine. well that is on my list i've got quite a bit to say about that one i'm gonna so i'm gonna save kind of what i have to say for when i get to it but that is that is another great pick for sure okay um so, so, so what's your number number eight? eight for me is dungeons and dragons um really really like that show my memories as i'm going up the list are getting clearer and clearer as to why i like them i really like this intro just the whole idea of being on this ride and you get sucked into this like magic world they're at a theme park hey look Break. I don't like this. Whoa! What's happening? Whoa! Where are we? Look out! Fear not, ranger. Barbarian, magician, thief, cavalier, and acrobat. It's always like that little dungeon master guy, and you had to, you had the, I think it was four different characters, right? You had the you had the wizard and the. Well, you had Presto. That was the. Well, he was Presto, but they actually called him Magician. I think they changed his name because when you watch the intro, they they're like uh, they're like uh, Cavalier, or yeah, Magician, yeah, yeah. Thief, <laughs> you know, like so the girl would be. I guess her technical name was Thief, the one that yep. would turn in, invisible. Um, Acrobat was uh, the one girl who had like the staff. Yep, yep. Um, Bobby was the barbarian. He was the younger brother. Cavalier was the coward, but he was supposed to be Cavalier. He had the shield. He was like the knight. Yep. And then um, the main guy, well, the guy with the bow and arrow was uh, Ranger. Yep. So they were basically taking Dungeons and Dragons, your typical characters you would have, and then, you know, translating them to the cartoon. Yeah, and it was just really fun, and as I mentioned before, the, the medieval kind of fantasy theme was, was pretty darn popular um, back in the 80s um, with uh, movies like um, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It, they, it was definitely a fantasy vibe, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the whole point of it. So it was, it was, it was, it quite, was fantasy. quite a popular theme at the time, and uh, as a little kid in the 80s, it was just it was a fun show to imagine being sucked into this fantasy world and fighting dragons and monsters and i just really enjoyed it it was a really good show i loved it too but it's on my list so yep. we'll just we'll move on to the next number and i'll go i'll gush over it when it's my uh -huh. turn okay what's yours your next one so my number eight and now at this point when this cartoon came on i had the wrestling bug ah, I, okay one day and again it, it was essentially i kind of owe it to cartoons because um on Saturdays on ABC in my in my area, uh, eleven o'clock meant wrestling superstars. The superstars of wrestling would be on 
and uh, it was WWF, and uh, it was my introduction into the world of wrestling. And I was seeing these larger-than-life guys with these characters, and you know they're fighting it out, and the good guy was beating the bad guy, and you know you had this excitement from the announcers, and you know I I got sucked. <laughs> so, the, uh, my number eight pick is. The offshoot of that was a cartoon called Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. And it was a little combination. And the re the rock part, I believe Cindy Lauper was a character on it. And it's been a long time since I've seen it. But I think she had a little role in the cartoon as well. Because that was something they were pushing at the time because of the WWF's agreement with MTV. Um, MTV was really the hot thing, you know, back then when they actually played music videos. <laughs> and... Uh, they had like a working agreement with MTV. They would show some programs on there from time to time. And they also had like a working agreement with Cindy Lauper. I don't know how long the contract lasts or anything, but she basically led up to the first WrestleMania. She had a really big, you know, she, she was helping them get exposure and they were, you know, it was one of those cross promotion uh -huh. things. Yeah. But so I'm pretty sure she was in the cartoon. Um, if not, it was like an offshoot of that whole you know we're mixing rock and wrestling yeah. even though i don't really remember a lot of rock going on it was mostly just the wrestling characters and shenanigans going on and then hulk hogan kicking ass basically. <laughs> yeah and that's basically what happened i mean hulk hogan would just he'd hulk up and he'd wipe out you know the iron sheik or whatever <laughs> roddy piper you know those were like the bad guys on the cartoon and i i, I honestly don't remember a lot of the premise of the cartoon because i literally have not seen this and even though I know I can, because I believe it's on the WWE Network, but um, I haven't watched it since, you know, probably since I was a child. And, yeah. uh, but it was it was, it was was definitely a staple for me. Um, I don't think its quality is as good as some of the ones that I've already announced. Uh -huh. uh, I think the other ones were a little more polished, but this one might have meant a little more to me, and that's why it's at my number eight spot. Yeah, so I, I had the wrestling bug uh, a little bit. It was probably relatively short-lived, uh, at least compared to you. Um, but I, I got really into that for, I don't know, just a year or two when it was peaking. And <clears throat> that, that was back when everybody was discussing whether it was real or not and whether all these characters yeah. were really mad at each other. And there was like this whole discussion and debate uh, on the playground or whatever, whether or not wrestling was real. And, um, yeah, yeah, you had these larger-than-life characters, like you mentioned, uh, Andre the Giant, and I remember Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, um, Hacksaw Jim, Jim Duggan, is that? Jim Duggan, yeah. Is that the guy with the 2x4? Yeah, two by yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I remember kind of the, the main group of characters, and I, I would watch wrestling from time to time, but I, I never got real, real into it. I did have a couple of those stretchy toys, like the rubbery... Uh, yeah, they had the LJN put out uh, a line. If that's what you're talking about, the rubber wrestlers, they I don't they kind of stretched. Yeah, not like stretch Armstrong stretching, but you could yeah. you know you could tug them around a little bit. They were a little larger than your normal toy, but not as big as like the 12 inch figures. It was I think they're about eight or nine something like that. Yeah, I think I had one of the, those, the, and they were real heavy and had like a sand in them yeah. or something, right? Like a dense kind of something in there. But they mm, no, no no sand. They were just pure rubber. Okay, okay. I have mine sitting right here. But it, you know you're mixing up a couple of toys. But yeah. I believe you had one. I believe you do. <laughs> but I I think I had more of the the thumb wrestler ones. They were a little smaller, and essentially I think you suck your thumb like up their butt. 
and yep, they were like in did. this crouching stance, and you would like thumb wrestle with them. I had a couple of those. I used to think those were cool. Yeah, those were really cool. I never had any of the thumb wrestlers, and honestly, I never had any of the big ones either, because you know, like we just wasn't something I got. Yeah. But um, I had friends that had them, and so I'd play with them, and I thought they were cool. And you know, at the time. Yeah wrestling was a really big deal to me and meant a lot and this cartoon hit me at the right time for sure yeah i don't think i ever i don't remember the cartoon at all so i i probably didn't watch it if i did it might have just been an episode or two but that was not something i watched regularly at all so well all right let's see well, what's your number seven? my number seven is the smurfs did you watch the smurfs okay, you know it, i i watched the smurfs it's not on my list because this might be one of those weird regional things, or maybe it just... I never watched it on Saturdays. Huh. Eventually, they syndicated it in the afternoon, so I used to watch it after school. Okay. But I, I'm not saying it's not a Saturday morning cartoon. I know it is, because I looked it up. Because <laughs> I, I remember when you sent me your list, I was thinking, was that a Saturday morning cartoon? But um, it, it, it must have competed with something. I never got into it when I should have gotten into it. I actually got into Smurfs more in my teen years because it was on like at 3.30 uh -huh. when I got home. And, you know, I would just throw it on. It was just something I would watch for a little bit before, you know, me and my friends got together a little bit later in the afternoon. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was kind of something I just unwinded and watched. It was always – and sometimes I, it would be great for taking naps too. Like I don't mean <laughs> it was boring, but there was, there was something very – like the music – and the tones of every like something about that was a perfect nap cartoon for me but i did really like the smurfs it's that's a great show yeah it was really a fun show um that theme song la 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 just something about that oh, that yeah. that fun kind of carefree attitude that the show had and of course you had gargamel and his cat which were always kind of the comic relief along with like um yeah, oh, the old asriel asriel right and him always trying to... What was he always trying to do? I, he he was always trying to find their village or something? Was that it? Well, he wanted to get the Smurfs to eat them. Right, but he could never find like their village or something, right? He was always looking for... Right, there was something magical about it that he couldn't find it. Yeah. Every now and then, there'd be an episode where he would, but, you know, something foiled it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that was always his goal, is to get the Smurfs and to eat them. Yeah, and, you know, just that, that ongoing kind of struggle... That was there every episode, which is kind of, uh, I guess, comforting on some level that you knew he was never going to get what he wanted. And it was funny. Mm -hmm. And But really, most notably was their their personalities. They all had, like, you had Jokey right. Smurf and Papa Smurf and Smur one girl, mm -hmm. yeah, Smurfette. <laughs> I think there was a second girl later, wasn't there? Uh, maybe there might have been, like, some little hillbilly Smurf yeah, or something yeah, yeah. later on. I kind of remember yeah, that. Yeah. But um, do you know, like, Smurfette isn't really a Smurf? I did not know that. Yeah, she was actually a plant by Gargamel. He created her to infiltrate the Smurfs, and she was supposed to go there and then somehow lead him to the Smurf village. But when she got there, oh, everybody loved her, and she became a Smurf. And they never talked about it again. That is some deep backstory. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's funny. Was oh, that yeah, one of the episodes? I, I'm telling you, I watched the Smurfs. Yeah, it was one of the episodes. I don't remember that one. He made, it, he made her. It was, oh, yeah. That's Unless weird. Unless it's a Mandela effect killing me. <laughs> up, but it definitely, Smurfette was not a Smurf. That's what was funny is you have this large 
you know, thing of Smurfs, but you had no way to procreate. I mean, unless they were snakes and they procreated with themselves. Well, guess, they're but. they're kind of like magical, like gnomes or trolls. Maybe they just popped out of the ground or something. Who knows? They just popped out of the ground. That's possible. Maybe they mined them or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it's totally possible. Are you but. saying that earlier episodes of the Smurfs there was no Smurfette? She came later? No, I think this was like the first episode. Oh, okay. Or maybe the second. I mean, it was very early. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like the first episode or the second episode of the Smurfs. Man, who knew um, there was Smurf I mean, lore? someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty... I'm, I'm willing to go to war on it, and I'm pretty sure Smurfette is... Matter of fact, let's Google Who knew there was, there was Smurf this... lore to, to dive into? That's funny. Exactly one year ago, the Smurfette became one of us. And so, by special decree, I Smurf this day to be Smurfette Day. I smurfed a little gift for you, Smurfette. Oh, it smells beautiful. Thank you, Papa Smurf. And here's but um. You know, you had the the joke, jokey Smurf. I think that was his name. He always had the package that blew up on himself. Was that jokey? Yeah. Then you had. Yeah, I mean, the the two big ones were always in every episode. Like out of the secondary characters were like Brainy Smurf and Jokey Smurf. Yeah, Brainy with the glasses. He knew everything. Yep, yep. And then you had some. Yeah, so you had like I guess six or seven main ones, and then you had ones like in the background that were there was a there was like ninety nine of them or something, wasn't there? Like a hundred or. I think so. Yeah, there was like yeah. a number of them, but they only had a, a select group of the main characters, but <clears throat> those were the focus of the shows. But, yeah, I just remember, you know, again, that fantasy theme of them living in little mushroom huts and uh, this w weird wizard guy trying to eat them. It's just, um, you know, something bad that I really enjoyed. It was just a good, fun, and often funny, you know, cartoon. Did you find something there? Okay, I, I'm, I'm reading a little bit about it, and it was saying that it was also a comic strip. I didn't know that. Um, yes, there was also a comic strip, and I guess it was a comic strip before it was a cartoon. That's interesting. Um, and it was and it was 100. There was a 99, because it says, uh, gar, uh, there was a, Gargamel isn't the first to notice that there was a 99 to 1 ratio, a gender ratio, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, somewhere along the line, he he made her or something. Let's see. Explanation: She's the only girl. When she de she debuted in the 1966 Smurf comics. So I I mix a couple of memories here. They they didn't introduce it in the the cartoon. It was in the comic. Or something. But uh, so Gargamel was looking for a way to com capture the Smurfs, recognizing that his enemies all live in an all male community. He creates a girl version with a big nose and wild hair. Um, who originally didn't look like much like the original, like what Smurfette looks like. I guess she looked a little different. She was supposed to spy, but the plan backfired uh, when she decided she wants to become a real Smurf. Papa Smurf cast a spell that transformed her into transformed her to the blonde, charming Smurfette that we all know. So, yes, I, I guess there wasn't a cart. There wasn't again. You know how the weird oh, memories yeah, work, yeah. but. Um, it, it, I knew that he, she was a creation of Gargamel, so I'm okay. assuming they never... Now after reading that, okay, they must not have did it into the cartoon, but she wasn't a real Smurf via canon anyway. That is... You know uh, I mean? Canon says she's not a real Smurf. I never knew that was a comic strip. That's that's even more interesting to me, that it was a comic strip. I'll have to check that out. I wonder how popular yeah. or how long it ran for. But um, I, I, all I, I knew... I didn't, I, I didn't see that, but I mean, it was... 
from the 60s, so it had been around for a while. And they got really popular. I mean, also what was popular, it's not a cartoon here, but the, the little figures. Everybody had those little blue Smurf oh, for figures. Sure. I, I don't know if they gave them away with, like, Happy Meals or something or just bought them, but, I mean. Well, the, there was definitely a toy line. You can get the Smurf Village. You can buy the all the Smurfs because there was a hundred of them. You also had Gargamel and Azrael, and yeah. later on they introduced some other characters. They were human characters. Uh, one was like a a prince or something, and he had a little foil. You know, the guy was always have problems or whatever. But they were friends of the Smurfs. That was some of the later huh. seasons. I don't but, know if I remember um, that. Yeah, that was probably season I don't know four or five something like that. They or you know, whatever, because the seasons were bigger back then. I mean, you would yeah. get, like, 40 episodes would be one season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it was definitely later in the series they brought in a couple other um, adult, like, humans. Uh, they Basically, there was a kingdom next door, and somehow they got involved. But um, gotcha. they did have a big, successful toy line. They had a lot of merch. You can get co- – a matter of fact, I got a coffee mug right here of the Smurfs. So there's a lot of Smurf stuff. Yeah, I have uh, – actually, I have a Smurfs – um, comic book hanging in my room. It's uh, n- number one, actually. Number one Smurfs. It's got a picture of a Smurf in a, in a biplane and Gargamel. I'll show a picture of it on the Discord. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Smurfs were really popular. Really popular, for sure. Oh, yeah. So what's your number seven? All right, well, my number seven, I'm just going to lump a bunch of them together because they're all the same subject matter, but they had... It's almost like the I Love Lucy, how you had Lucy, Here's Lucy, I Love Lucy. You had all these various Lucy shows <laughs> after some point. Uh-huh. And I'm just, I'm lumping Scooby-Doo together in all of them. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, have, you have your pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah. 13 goes to Scooby-Doo. The Scooby and Scrappy-Doo hour. You had uh, the Reginald Scooby-Doo show, which was should actually be my number one. But, uh, you know, as I was doing this list, I'm just like, eh, you know. I'm just going to be true to what I would think now. And uh, all the Scooby-Doo's, I was a Scooby-Doo fan. I loved them all. I loved Dopey, the stupid Scooby-Doo. What what was he named? Um, My Scrappy? They had a... No, Scrappy was a little tough one, but he had a stupid cousin. Uh, Right, but he had a stupid cousin. There would be a girl Scooby-Doo. Like, once they branched off from the original with uh, Velma and... and, and, um, what was it? Daphne, Daphne and, yeah. and Fred and Shaggy. Shaggy always stuck along. Shaggy pretty much made all the other series as far as I remember. Um, but um, they they weeded out the other ones. Uh, I think Thelma was in one of, or maybe it might have been Daphne. There was one where there was a one where they had the little Scooby Doo mystery, like a little agency or something, and one of the girls was still involved. Yeah. Um, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo had uh, Vincent Price in it, oh. and they were supposed to be tracking down ghosts. They were almost like Ghostbusters, if I remember right. Like, the 13 Ghosts had got escaped from a book, and they had to track them down or something like that. But I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's, it. you know, I don't know how long it lasts, maybe a couple seasons or something, but that's why I just kind of lumped all the Scooby-Doo together. All this, just Scooby-Doo, period. All of the incarnations of Scooby-Doo, that was a big hit for me. I, re- I remember a distinct memory, very, very vivid. Uh, I was at my grandparents' house, and uh, my grandfather would always watch, you know, like uh, from noon to like 3 o'clock was, the TV was his. He would watch, you know, Matlock, and he would watch uh, Ironside, and Perry Mason, and Quincy. 
you know, like there was like these kind of mystery shows that he would watch, right? Yep. And uh, but then at three o'clock, Scooby Doo came on. So I would be like, if I didn't have something, like if it was raining outside or if there was some reason I wasn't outside, I'd be anxiously waiting for Scooby-Doo to come on. I'd watch Scooby-Doo and then now I'd be good as long as I got to see that. And eventually Transformers came on and, you know, like there was other good cartoons that came on at that time. But uh, three o'clock was like the cartoon hour, basically three to five, definitely three to four. But in the three to five range was uh, you, you got some good cartoons and uh, I fell asleep <laughs> and about four o'clock came around and i woke up in a panic and i was like what what time is it and my grandma was like oh you know like well, you know what it was it was like 4 30 because uh they would eat at five you know they were you know, older <laughs> retired and and they were they were five o'clock eaters they ate supper they didn't eat dinner uh-huh. they ate supper yep. and um and i could smell the food cooking woke me up and then i remember going in there i was like I was like, Nana, what? Why did? Why didn't you wake me up? You knew I wanted to watch Scooby. I was like so heartbroken. <laughs> like you knew I wanted to watch it, and she's just like, "Well, I just didn't have the heart to wake you up. You were look so tired." I'm like I was just so mad at her, and she was so up. You know, I, I could tell she was hurt because she didn't want me to be mad at her, and I was just like, "Can't believe you didn't wake me up." That's but. funny. Yeah, it's not. It's not on my list. Um, and you know, I, I don't know why. Honestly, it's it's really a good show, and I I always love the uh, the monster theme with the yeah. you know all that all that great imagery of spiders and bats and mummies and stuff. I, it's yeah, it's a good show for sure. And you know, it's well even the even the earlier like the probably the second incarnation of the original series, they started adding in like guests like. One week would be the Globetrotters, yes, and yeah. one week would be Sonny and Cher, yeah. or Abbott and Costello, or, you know, like, they had these people who would, uh, like, some people you didn't even know of, like, Dick Van Dyke, I think, was on one. It's like, I didn't know who Dick Van Dyke was, but I knew he was kind of funny. You know, I, I think I knew him from uh, Mary Poppins or whatever, but I was like, I never watched, like, the original show. Right. But it would be interesting how they started bringing in, like, these other media types would make these little guest appearances on Scooby-Doo. Now, was that one of the cartoons that had a laugh track in it? Oh, yes. That's what I it thought. It had a laugh track. It always had, like, little side sound effects. Uh, every, there was music incorporated in every single scene. Right. Like there was never a scene that didn't have some sort yeah. of background music kind of leading up to a, you know, like uh, if they were tiptoeing, there would be a certain noise yeah. you know, music for that. Uh, when the big surprise would happen, there would be, you know, like a big orchestra boom from that. You look on that side and I'll look on this. What's with you, Scooby-Doo? Um, they did have a laugh track. That's what I thought, um, So yeah. it did, they really did make it like it was a real show, yeah. but it was for kids. It was a cartoon, but... Yeah. And, I, I, they really put a lot. I mean, Casey Kasem, yep, being, that, yep. that blew my mind, too. Because yeah, I yeah. would listen to the Top 40 with my dad, like on Sundays, you know, if we were driving around, we would always have... That was like kind of a ritual. Even if we were at the house, they would turn on the radio. Oh, yeah. And... During the top 40, Casey Kasem's top 40, that's what would be on. There would be no TV on until that was over. Yep. And uh, sometimes we'd have to leave, and then we'd pick it up in the car, you know, turn it on the car. Or we'd go to the swap meet. There would always be somebody at the swap meet playing it. But it blew my mind when I found out that Casey Kasem <laughs> yeah. was 
was Shaggy. Shaggy. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was crazy. But it also blew, blew my mind when I realized Casey Kasem did a ton of voices. He was he was one of the Transformers. He was, you know, he was all kind of uh, cartoon voices back then. Yeah, he was. He was. And I, there was another one. I'll, I'll bring it up when my turn comes back around. But there was another famous guy who was a cartoon voice that blew my mind when I figured it out. So... Yeah, but Shaggy always stood out to me. I always liked him and thought he was funny. Um, the best character out of out of all the ones in uh, Scooby-Doo. Nah, I was more of a Scooby guy, but I loved Shaggy. It would have been like 1A and 1B to me. <laughs> I was, Scooby was my guy, but uh, Shaggy was awesome. Now, as an adult, I probably would enjoy... I mean, think about what was going on. I mean, they were getting the munchies. Uh-huh. They're all piling in a van. Yep. The guy's all long hair, got a little goatee going. He's definitely a slacker. They're always hungry, man, always. But uh, it was kind of a wink-wink kind of thing. Like, if you were an adult, you probably got a little more laughs when your kids were watching Scooby-Doo. Yeah, that was a tail end of the, I guess that was, was that 60s and 70s? Did that start in the 60s? I think... I, I, yeah, it feels like it might have started late 60s. It definitely was a 70s cartoon. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it, you know, it had a big run in the 80s. So. Yeah, they really played up that stereotype or whatever in the, the movies, which were tongue in cheek and like a, you know. Right, yeah, yeah, the live, the live yeah, he was totally a, a pothead in the, in those movies. <laughs> yeah, but they were going for, they were going for oh, a sure, different sure. audience, especially in that first, that first movie was going, they were definitely a spoof trying to yeah. get kind of like maybe the Austin Power people or something, you know, like people, like that kind of thing. Yep. That yep. vibe, you know what I mean? But Well, my number six is Super Friends. Um, and I know there were many iterations of that cartoon as well. Um, I'm primarily thinking of the earlier ones, uh, I guess from the real early 80s, 81, 82 probably, if I'm not mistaken. But it was just a classic uh Super Friends with Batman and Superman and Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and they were fighting the, the the League of the Just. What is it? The League of Doom? Is that what it was called? The Legion of Doom. Yeah. Well, it was the Hall, Hall of Doom. Doom. Yeah. The Legion of Doom. That was their hall because they had the Hall of Justice yes, and the yeah. Hall of Doom, right? The Legion of Doom. But I think. So it was the super fr- like there was the challenge of the super friends that directly at the beginning of each episode they would ram into each other kind of like you'd have yeah. each of them squaring off. Um, it was the was it the League of Super? I don't know. I, I'd have to look into it. The Legion of Doom. But there was a I actually have a super friend tape around here somewhere. The League of was it the League of Doom? The Legion of Doom. League of Doom? The League of Doom. That might have been right. That sounds right. The League of Doom. The Legion of Doom. Let me see. I got a Challenge of the Super Friends tape right here. Now, did the first... Challenge of the Super Friends... Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just... Uh, superheroes. This is the Challenge of Super Friends. Now witness. Uh, of course, they don't say what they're called. <laughs> the Legion of Doom. <laughs> I think it's the League mind. of Doom and, and a Hall of Justice with the two... Hall of Justice and the League of Doom. The Legion of Doom. Attack of the Legion. No, they were the Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. Okay. I don't know why. I should know that because wrestling ripped it off. <laughs> they did. Now, there were some wrestlers. They went by the Legion of Doom. Did the first iteration have 
the Wonder Twins with Gleek the Monkey. Where the, no. I didn't think no, no, so. No, no. That came later, that, yeah. That was like the third yeah. iteration. The first one was just had... Um, it, it was a little odd. There was like a professor or like some older adult and there was like a couple of kids. And um, that one I never really liked. It wasn't as good. But the, the first one that was really good was the challenge of the Super Friends. And, uh, then, init- and then after that, they cut out the challenge aspect of it. And they, you had other villains like Mixelplick and yeah. um, Bizarro Superman, and yeah, you, know, you started getting yeah. these other these other villains. And uh, but they had, and then they had a new intro that had like Apache Chief yep, and yep. Um, you know different ones, but also had the Wonder Twins, Zan and Jaina, and and their monkey Gleek. Yep, Gleek. Uh, but that was that was probably the last. Of, of the, I think it was kind of like a trilogy kind of thing. I mean, we just consider them all one cartoon yeah, yeah. because they always showed them in the same time slot. They were yeah. mix and match kind of thing. They're all the same production company and all that. But but I believe there was three distinct series. Yeah. and um, But I, I was more, pre- I, I think I'm more fond of the last series with Xan and Jaina. That one's probably the one that had the biggest impact, even though, you know, I really do love the challenge of the Super Friends as well, but um, I kind of feel like the last one was probably the best out of the... Yeah, the one that stands out to me the most, the one that I probably watched the most, was the one with the the Wonder Twins. Because that Wonder Twins power right. activate thing is very prominent in my memory. Wonder Twin powers activate! Shape out an eagle! Form of water! Yeah, and then, and the girl would always be something really cool, like I'm a I'm a vicious eagle or a dinosaur or something, and he's like I'm a bucket of water, <laughs> right? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a form of an icicle. Like, wait a minute, what? You can't get something better than that. But really, uh, what stands out a lot to me from that series are the sound effects. They all had these, you know. Yeah. I'll put some in in post, but they're so memorable and and. Uh, some of the, the laser sounds and like a if Aquaman's doing is like talking to the fish thing would make this yeah, certain little, sound. Little, right. There's a lot of very memorable sound effects that came from that series. Um. And I think they were used in other shows, you know, later on too, the, those sound effects. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that was owned by I I think it was a Hanna-Barbera production, but they, well, it says here Warner Brothers, but I think it was... I think it was Hanna-Barbera, too, but I could be wrong. I think it was Hanna-Barbera. No, I think the Warner Brothers is just who distributed this tape, but yeah. um, I'm pretty sure it was Hanna-Barbera. But yeah, they, they mix and match a lot of cartoon sounds. They probably just went into the into their vault and, you know, each whoever made a new show had access yeah. to them or whatever. But the animation style is really poor, but it also is... I don't know. It, it, there's something about it that I guess is I don't know if it's unique to that show, but it's it's really really choppy and si- simple. There's not a lot of like different angles and stuff. You know, you always got them just kind of talking back and forth, and you'd have a couple. <laughs> there's just not a lot of stuff going on. But you know, you didn't care back then. It was so cool just to see Superman and Batman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman all fighting together on the same show. Um, it was just so cool to see that. You know, so I was a huge super you know, superhero fan back then as a kid. I loved Superman and Batman and all those DC characters, and it was just really cool and fun to see them all in the same show.
fighting uh, Lex Luthor and what was the what was the guy from the underwater with the weird fish eyes with that helmet thing on? Uh, Black 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 Manta. Manta. Yeah, yeah. He was always yeah, kind of one Black of the main Manta. bad guys too. So yeah, that that's uh, definitely up there. I watched that a ton. And again, that was earlier on. I think by the time you got to the mid '80s, that kind of had trailed away. I think that was on really early too. That was like the first cartoon that was on. Yeah, and in my in my area, it also became an after school cartoon. I think so. Yeah, that that probably happened yeah, here so too. We we got we got we got it both. It was a Saturday morning, but I I primarily remember it. I think I saw it the most as an after. I really feel like I, I really got into the series more as an after-school cartoon because yeah. you had more episodes to see. And I did watch it on Saturdays, too, though. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I watched it. But uh, the after-school cartoon, I think I saw it a lot more because, you know, it was five days a week. Yep. Yep. Okay, so we're at six, yep, right? number six. Uh, mine, now, this this is my... And now I'm going into the, the teens. This is when I probably should have stopped watching cartoons. And, my, and frankly, I might even be wrong. This might even be, like, late, late... I might have been out of high school. But I'm just going to put it in here because it's a Saturday morning cartoon. And it's the 90s Spider-Man. Like, okay. the Spider-Man that was in the 90s. That one, I love this show. That's it, That was on Fox. And... You know, it, it was something that, man, like, it really had that that storytelling that would go from episode to episode. And I rewatched it last year. Probably wasn't as good as I remember because I'm really comparing it to another show that I'll talk about. Uh -huh. But um, I still find it very good. It's really good animation. And of course, it probably wasn't the cell animation. It was probably more of the modern animation for it. Right. Um but there was still something about it that was really good. Great storytelling. They 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 showed you so many villains and stuff. They gave you a lot of backstories to villains. You know, like the, you know, of course they had the Peter Parker origin story as well in that because I mean you have to, right? Yeah. But um, that that to me that was probably, I mean, yeah, no doubt about it. Or it'd be ranked higher, obviously, or ranked lower. It's my my favorite Spider-Man cartoon. I mean, there was another one. Of course, it wasn't Saturday morning. MTV had a Spider-Man cartoon. Was it MTV or maybe it was? I feel like it was MTV had a Spider-Man cartoon later on, which was really good as well. But this one, this one hit the sweet spot. Um, it was back to back with another cartoon, and you know, even into my early adulthood, I was watching this so. That's interesting that I, I missed it, that this one. Is big on my, I yeah, it's good. You could you could catch it on Disney. It's on Disney Plus. I never saw that. Um, as much of a Spider-Man fan as I was, I just think I was done with cartoons. Um, probably by that age, you know, a lot of people rave about the nine, um, the um, X X-Men cartoon. I never saw that either. Never. Well, you're you're you're, you're something's wrong, dude. <laughs> something's wrong. Something, here's what's, what's wrong. That, I'm dude? old. And I, it doesn't matter. You got time. Well, yeah, you got lunch break. Get caught up. Well, Figure yeah, now, but Do I'm you? saying back then, I, I don't know how I missed yeah. them, but I was such a big Spider-Man fan. Now, I, I did revisit, or not revisit, I, I saw another series in the early 2000s um, that my, that I, you know, pushed on to my kids, my boys, when they were younger, um, when they were toddlers. And there was, so there was another newer Spider-Man cartoon, and that was really right. good. That's the one I'm talking about. I think that was on MTV, but it might have been Cartoon Network. It was great. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. But I still rank this one higher. I'm not saying that other one. Now, if I was going episode for episode, there's probably a lot of great ones in that one. But, again, that's not Saturday morning. We're talking about 
Not the best Spider-Man cartoon. We're talking about the best Saturday yeah, morning Spider-Man. And in my world, this is the best uh, Spider-Man so for that. What, and I loved Super Spider-Man as Amazing Friends. That was great, but this is better. See, that was my jam. What, what year did this one come out? Uh, it was... <clears throat> I want to say started maybe mid nineties. Oh my gosh, mid nineties! I was yeah, I was uh, I was married. <laughs> I was immature, dude. I so was I. I didn't care. Yeah, I'm thinking. Of, I want to say teens, but maybe I was. I might have been twenty when I started watching this. I didn't care. No, it, I, I, it was great. What do you want from me, Duke? It was a great oh, I'm show. not criticizing you. I'm just saying I wasn't watching cartoons in the mid nineties. I was. You didn't watch The Simpsons? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, okay. so what are we talking about? You're right. Here? You're right. You got me. <laughs> right on. All right. Okay, so what's your what's your number five? Number five is Disney's Gummy Bears. Yeah. See, I, when I read that on your list, I remember thinking the, there was only very few times I watched this, and that was when I went to a friend's house. Because mm-hmm. that was something else we didn't talk about. How, like, when you were at your house, you kind of controlled, yeah. controlled the viewing experience. And if someone stayed the night at your house, they watched your cartoons. But if you went to their house, you watch their cartoons. You might have tried to argue and to, you know <laughs> prove your you know like argue your point how that one sucks and yours is better. But uh, I had never seen gummy bears other than the very few times I stayed at my friend Eric's house. Yeah, I mean, looking at this on my list, it probably should have been a little lower, to be honest with you, because this. Uh, yeah, like thirty. Maybe, <laughs> 40, well, this 40, this no? is I I remember I watched. You know, in doing my research for this and trying to remember things, I was watching some clips of all these things, and I, the quality of the show was really good. Had a great intro, which we'll talk about later, but um, it, it just was Disney put out really good quality stuff, and I remember just really liking again the fantasy theme of this show. And uh, but I don't have a lot of memories as to why I liked it so much. I just remember watching it a lot. So it probably should have been a little lower on my list. I don't I don't really have much to say about it. Is I just remembered it was a good show that I really enjoyed. And I remember even back then thinking this was a little bit of a higher quality compared to some of the other shows that I watched on Saturday mornings. So I think Disney put out some good stuff back then. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. I I don't remember it at all, but. I'm not surprised that it was a higher quality, being that it was a Disney production. Because I mean, think I mean, think about what their staff. I'm I'm oh, sure yeah. their, you know, tenth tier uh, cartoonists were probably better than the top tier in other yep. studios. But um, yeah, it just didn't resonate with me. It wasn't something I ever really remember watching, other than the few times that I mentioned. And frankly, I forgot it was even a cartoon until I read your list. Yeah, I think that must have been a little bit later, mid mid to. Late '80s, maybe '87-ish. I, I probably should have wrote that yeah, down. Yeah, that, that, that could be right. But um, let, let me look it up. You go ahead and tell your number five, and I'll I'll look it up right, real quick. All right. So my my number five is a cartoon we've already talked about, and that's Thundar the Barbarian. Okay. And um, I'll talk a little bit about what what hooked me was, you know, it was a combination of like two big things that I was really into at the time, which was Star Wars. And um, the Mad Max vibe, uh-huh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Even though I, I, I had seen Mad Max, um, the Road Warrior in theaters when I was really young, we went to the drive-in, and that really resonated with me, that um, dystopian yep. future and all that. So I, I like the fact that, you know, uh, what was modern to us while we were watching it was considered destroyed in, in the past, in their mm-hmm. world, you know what I mean? The built skyscrapers were destroyed, and... And everything, and 
I didn't really think of it much in the fantasy angle, which, of course, it's fantasy, because they even talk about it at the beginning, about sci- out goes science and for fantasy. And, or, uh, they, there's something in the intro. Yeah. Um, but uh, this, just the whole thought of, like, this comet going by the planet and um, causing this kind of chaos, which created these big tidal waves and earthquakes, and, and out of that, you know, was all these mutants and... Uh, wizards and, and you know all these different things you know, people had powers you know like thundar had no powers he was just brave and strong yeah, he had the yeah. he had the sun sword you know which was his version of a lightsaber um so there really wasn't nothing about him that was any anything to you know hang your hat on as far as like his there was no powers to him there's nothing about him he wasn't necessarily i mean he was strong they did present him as strong but um, it wasn't like because of anything other than he was just a big guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Um, of course, that that the his his sidekick, the Chewbacca ripoff. <laughs> I mean, that dude was obviously stronger because they show him at the beginning him tearing up some sort of, I don't know. In the beginning of every intro, it's him like kicking some instrument panel out of his way or something. What was his like, name? Mork from Orc or something? <laughs> no, it was M- Mock the something. I don't know. It, don't make me re this, dude. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He says bootleg Chewbacca. Bootleg Chewbacca. The yep. Bootleg Chewbacca. We'll go with that. But, but he uh, he definitely was uh, the stronger one. But, you know, Thundar was basically uh, impulsive barbarian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he he was his, his answer to everything was, I'm going to kick your ass, essentially. <laughs> and um, so I really, I really like that. I mean, it might be a little high on my list. But the nostalgic value really pushes it up here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and it it was it was definitely something I really enjoyed watching, um, even though there you know, I think there was only twenty four episodes. Yeah, I don't remember it being real. As, yeah, no, it was actually only twenty one episodes. I'm looking at the DVDs right now. But uh, somehow those 21 episodes stretched out for probably ten years or something. Because <laughs> I mean, they they played that. It was always a staple in Saturday mornings. Yeah, especially earlier on in the earlier 80s. Yeah, er- early 80s was, yeah, it was big time. In yeah, so 80s. I looked up Gummy Bears, and it, it was 85 was the first episode, and it ran through, I think, the early 90s. So that was definitely in the later 80s. that I And that was some great cross-promotion because, I mean, that was when kind of Gummy Bears was really getting pushed to us too, right? Probably, yeah. Like the actual, the actual candy. candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, all right, well, my number four is uh, Muppet Babies. Did you ever watch that one? I loved Muppet Babies. Yeah. Um, it, it, there was something about the Muppet Babies, like every episode kind of took you into this. Well, because the whole thing was about their imagination, yeah, right? Yeah, and I love that. Well, yeah. okay, I, I'm going to tell you what, your, what I think is your favorite episode. <laughs> I don't know if you remember them, but it's got to be the Star Wars one, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they, they also did an Indiana Jones they one, did. which was probably my second favorite one. They did. But I love the thought of them recreating, you know, Star Wars and, you know, Indiana Jones and a few other ones. And there was just something about that that was just so awesome. You know, um, Kermit being like, you know, obviously the main hero and, you know, his girlfriend, Miss Piggy. And, you know, you had Animal and um yeah beaker right yeah 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 i'm trying to think of some of the other characters but uh 
There was some like, but anyways, they uh, nanny the their babysitter would bust in on them every now and then, and they would like drop the act, and they would be like, then you would see what they're really looking at. Yeah, and you never so, like, saw when they, her. When they were you... fantasizing, yeah, when you were fantasizing, you saw like if they were doing Star Wars, they're on a ship, and they're you know like they're doing like the real stuff. But whenever nanny would break the illusion, yeah, you know they'd be on the bed or something. Yeah, or, it was cool. Yeah, that, it made it a a little fort or whatever and you never saw her but, you uh, only saw her legs you know you didn't see yeah yeah it was kind of like the the charlie brown thing yeah and the looney tunes did that sometimes too where tom and jerry i think it was right. where you only saw like the, the bottom half of the uh, the humans yeah yeah, you, yeah the house the mom yeah. the mother the woman of the house you would see her dress or something yeah. or whatever yeah but it's such a great premise um for someone a, a child like me who loved imaginative play and that that's probably what i did the most was go out in the backyard and pretend I was, you know, Luke Skywalker and Indiana Jones to see these characters doing that same thing on the show. And they did it so, you know, in such a clever way um, that it was just so, it was so funny and fun and interesting. And it was just unique. Nothing else was like that. You would have like video, like real clips of movies. Like they would open like yep. the closet door and you'd see like a, like a real X-Wing coming, swooping around and shooting right. and stuff. And it was just the coolest thing in the world to see how their imagination would play out in that very unique way but uh, yeah it was just a very good quality show yeah i feel like lucas arts had something i think that was their production yeah, i mean yeah, i'm sure it was yeah. a, a couple of people involved obviously jim hansen was involved as well but i think it was a lucas arts uh cartoon because i mean yeah. they the fact that they were able to use star wars and indiana yep. jones tells you lucas was involved because there's no way yep. Yep. someone who's not involved would have used any of his properties absolutely so that again the quality of that show the what the time they put into it the thought they put into it was not just your cookie cutter formulaic type of cartoon it was a higher quality and um, to put all these video clips in and, and to put some thought into it, it really stood out um, back then. So I always love Muppet Babies. Yeah, that was a great cartoon. It narrowly missed the cut on my list, but, I mean, it it's one of the first ones that came to mind. Matter of fact, on our Discord, um, I have a lunch pail. It wasn't mine. It was something I got at a yard sale or something for a few pennies or something. But uh, I have the Muppet Babies lunch pail, and um, I didn't show all the sides, but... Uh, each of them, each of the panels has a little something different from their cartoon, and uh, it's just it was such a great show. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that would be something that would hold up for like little kids now to watch. I'm sure oh, they yeah. would enjoy it because there's just something about the you know like the animation, the storylines. Um, yep. You know, it wasn't you know it, sometimes it had a little bit of you know a little bit of tension, but it was you know what I mean. Yeah. They always kind of you know like you know what I mean. Like it was it was something that. That really stimulated your imagination. And, yep. Uh, it was a really great cartoon. And, and, and more than anything... Definitely it, worthy of your list. And more than anything, it just stood out. It was different. You know, nothing else yeah. was like... completely different. Yeah. Right. I mean, it had a great intro song. Oh, I yeah. mean, it, that thing was... You know, it'd be stuck in your head. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, even now, I could probably sing the whole song and if me I too. had to. Me too. Me too. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a good song. Yep. It's very good. So you're up to number four now. Right. Now, my number four is another retread that we've already kind of talked about, so I won't go too deep into it because I feel like I added a lot, but my it would be Super Friends. Okay. Um, yep. Again, it was definitely a Saturday morning cartoon, and I, that's where I got my roots, but again, as I said, it was mostly an after-school cartoon. But this bottom line is, okay, one thing I was going to ask you earlier that I didn't, okay, so who was your guy? 
Who was your super friend? What was your number one character? You know, probably... If it was earlier on, it would have been... Please say Aquaman. No, no, no. no. (laughs) If it was earlier on, it would have been Superman. Superman, back in the early 80s, was my favorite superhero. Because of the movies and all the merchandise. I wasn't a big Superman comic book fan. Because I didn't get into comic books until a little bit later. But um, a little bit later in my childhood, Batman had become my favorite superhero. But I would say, when it comes to super friends, it was Superman. For sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. My, that's mine too. It was if you played, you got a you got a towel. Oh right? yeah. You tied it around your neck. You were Superman, uh, jumping off the couches, trying to pretend like you're flying and everything. Uh, I remember. I I think my grandpa gave me a whooping one day because I kept <laughs> jumping off the fireplace because uh, there's like a little brick layout around the fireplace that's elevated, and I would jump off the fireplace. And uh, he warned me a couple times not to do it. And uh, next thing I know, I got a swat on the ass. And, uh, <laughs> he, he gave me a little whooping. I got a picture and, uh, I'll I, put on Discord. I may have used it before. I think we talked about Superman in some fashion before. But I have a picture of me in a Superman suit with my father holding me up with my hands in the air. And I just love that picture uh, from my childhood. But pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disclose some maybe strange information here about Superman and my fascination with flying. I used to go out in my backyard and try to fly, like legitimately. I would think if I just tried hard enough, <laughs> okay. this is embarrassing to say out loud, but I would, no, I, I would go out in my okay. backyard and I would run and I would put my fists forward and I would jump and lunge forward and I would think one of these days, if I just clench up hard enough, I, I might start flying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that out loud, but I, I used to do that as a kid. So I was, I would say I was pretty fascinated with Superman and flying, but um, I'm sure I was very young, you know, probably like six or seven. But I do remember trying to go out in my backyard and fly, and <laughs> yeah. it's funny. But no, I I used to do that with, in relations to a swimming pool. I would run and jump as hard as I could. You know, now, did you think that game. maybe I, I, you would start flying? No. Okay, see. I, I, I think I, I... I'm sorry, dude. So I, you, <laughs> I think I knew I wasn't going to be able to fly. You were just pretending I mean, to fly. I was trying to actually yeah. fly. No, I wasn't trying to fly. I had heard enough negative stories about people trying to fly and not ending well for them. <laughs> so uh, I was just trying to jump into the pool, but look like Superman on the way in. Yeah, so I guess it's safe to say that, yes, solidly Superman was my go-to superhero yeah. back then he was the man dude he was the strongest he had all the powers it's really ridiculous to think of superman i mean if you think yeah, about yeah. it when they were making up the comics like he could fight he's fastest running he's the fastest flying he's a he can jump he can he can shoot lasers out of his eyes he can blow cold air and freeze you and yep you know, it's, and then I mean, and then the movies—he could turn time backwards. I mean, <laughs> the guy could do everything. And then, but you know what? You could beat him with a tiny rock. Uh huh. Well, they had to have something, you know. <laughs> they had to have something, but it's just—it's silly. Yeah. So okay, we're so on what's your third? three. Let's see here. Okay, so my third is Spider-Man and his amazing friends. So we already talked about that as well. But I'll just say again that I love Spider-Man. Loved superheroes. Um, I loved his character in this one. He was funny and quirky and always cracking jokes. And just the combination of those three characters was just um, just a fun show. It was a, a great, yep. just a great way to, you know, 
put those three characters together and fight monsters and Green Goblin and all those kind of staple villains. It was just uh, way high on my list. So I, I again, huge Spider-Man fan. The intro was great. We're going to talk about that, like I said, a little bit later. But uh, that is number three for me. Yeah, I, again, it's it's a great show. I mean, it probably should have been a little higher, but I just feel like it didn't have enough episodes. Um, and I just think the other Spider-Man's just a much better cartoon. But if I was going up to a certain date, it would have been higher. You know, if we yeah. restricted it to like 83 to 86 or something, it would have definitely been higher. But yep. um, where it was, it went a little lower on mine, but it definitely made the list because it's an awesome show. And yep. it's... It's worth a rewatch, you know. If you've yeah. never seen it, uh, it's still on Disney Plus, and we don't get—we're not sponsored by Disney, Disney Plus. <laughs> I wish we were, but um, yeah, that'd be but, nice. Yeah, you need to check it out. Oh, sure, I want some of that Disney. <laughs> All right, what's your number three? All right, my number three is another cartoon we've already talked about, but that's Dungeons and Dragons. Um, might be one of the greatest intros. Yeah. You know, it didn't really have a, it didn't have like a, no singing like Muppet Babies, but there was something about yeah. it. Like each episode, you know, very subtle music. I mean, it just, it's just something about the opening to every episode made it feel like you were going into an adventure. And even the lead up to the title card that dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, yeah. dun, you know what I mean? Like, of course you need to put that in there probably. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Post, but Look, a Dungeons and Dragons ride! Wow, neat! Give me a break! I don't like this! Whoa! What's happening? Whoa! Where are we? Look out! Fear not, stranger! Barbarian, magician, thief, cavalier, and acrobat. That's, it's just a great lead up. Um, every episode, you know, it kind of like Muppet Babies in a way too. I mean, you're in an imaginary world. I mean, of course, they're imag it isn't imaginary to them, but you know <laughs> what I mean? You could fantasize, you know what I mean? Like yep. It would be a fun thing to play, you know, like if you're little and you're pretending and stuff. I mean, it. It was kind of a fun show. It yep. had a little bit of um, it had a little bit something for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a little bit about the show too is uh, they canceled it at the very end, and they actually had the ending episode scripted. And um, I have the complete DVD set, and on it it shows a table read, and it's kind of neat because you know you actually get to hear the last story, but. Because YouTube is such a great place, and there are some very creative people out there who are just awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of it goes on. There's a lot of toxic stuff, but there's a lot of great things on YouTube. And one of them is is somebody animated the last episode using that table read. Wow. With the actors. I believe they all... I think somebody got... I'm pretty sure one of the voice actors, they, they had to use somebody else. But they sound pretty good. And... Um, you can watch the last episode so you get to see the ending that's and it's, awesome it's, yeah it's it's awesome i i went on a i talked i had a little thread going on twitter about it and uh, somebody reminded me about that episode being on youtube because i did remember hearing it but i forgot it i forgot about it i forgot to watch it so i went back and watched it 
And, uh, man, it, it was great, dude. Like, I mean, it was about, you know, 20, 30, whatever, 40 years too late. I don't know how many years late it was, but it should have happened in the 80s, but... Um, was the animation uh, consistent with the original? It was good. It was good. That's I awesome. Mean, it, I mean, I thought it was... Honestly, you could have lied to me and told me that, no, they did the episode. They just didn't release it on the DVD, and here it is. And I would probably believe you. It was very solid. That's so it was cool. A great, and it wraps it up. And the thing was, is it was supposed to be a springboard into the next season. It was it was open-ended. It was going to either be the last episode or it was going to be the last episode and then they were going to reboot it, sort of. I mean, they probably didn't use reboot then, but they were going to spin it off into a new series, which was going to have some of the same characters. Some of the characters were going home and some of them were staying behind and they were going to continue on. Uh, there were supposed to be new people to conquer and new threats. You know what I mean? Wow. I don't want to spoil it for you because you haven't watched it, so you need to watch it because it's, <laughs> now the deck it's, it, it's worth your time. The deck get canceled because of the whole anti-D&D thing that nope. happened? Okay. No. It was just one of those things yeah. where they just canceled just it. Just curious. They talk about it. Yeah, it's just garbage, man. You know, that was the thing is like they really used us kids as just vessels to buy their toys. Yeah. They didn't care. If, they didn't care if we cared. You know what I mean? They didn't care if we were upset that the show was canceled. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. They, they didn't care. They didn't, it wouldn't have been nothing for that production company to take the hit to make one more episode. Right. And it be, the fact that that show was syndicated years later, like they continued to show it in syndication on Saturday mornings. They would bounce it around time slots. They'd fit it in here and there. It bounced around on networks. And... Um, they continued to show it, so why not have a complete series? Yeah, you know, well, just one more episode. I agree. That's all it took. I mean, more more on that. Look what they did with Optimus Prime. Perfect example. They they were pushing them out to make new toys, and they didn't once consider the trauma that would ensue yep. after they killed off one of the most heroic and iconic cartoon heroes of all time. <laughs> you know, they they're like, oh yeah, I guess we should have thought about that. You know, so and you know the dumb thing is, is they could have done. I mean, I understood they wanted to have a big moment because it was a movie, you know, like they wanted to people to go and see something that was memorable, yeah. I suppose. And the fact that they went out of their way to not only kill off Optimus Prime, they also killed off Megatron. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, These yeah. are the two biggest draws. I mean, essentially, Galvatron was Megatron. Yep. Um, but either way, it was still changing yep. the character. Absolutely. And, you know, and I knew, I know with, with Megatron, part of the problem was he looked like a real gun. Uh -huh. So that might've been some of the motivation of changing him to Galvatron, which was more like a space pistol. I mean, it didn't even really look like a gun, like a cannon. Like a cannon right? yeah. Sort of yeah. Yeah. Like a space cannon looking thing, shooting lasers. Well, even the gun did, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that could have been part. Obviously, their main motivation wasn't any of that. It was just to sell new toys. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at the resurgence of toys right now. I mean, you can go to Walmart in 2021 and buy He-Man, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> based off the original line. Yep. I mean, it was so narrow-minded how they thought that kids wouldn't buy new toys. Like, think of new characters. You do not have to take out Optimus Prime. Right. That you know that Rodimus Prime, he could have just been the the new big lieutenant or whatever. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? He didn't have to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he could have. Yeah. You, they could have took off some of the other characters, which they also killed off a lot of other characters as well. But they could have 
knocked off some of the other ones if somebody had to die. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, was anybody really going to miss Wheeljack? You know what I mean? I'm sure <laughs> he was awesome, but, you know, compared to Optimus Prime, you know what I mean? Yep. He was a side like, character. That was, that was that was stupid. But one last thing about Dungeons & Dragons, uh, when we are talking about famous voices, this is another thing that would have blew my mind. Um, the guy that plays uh, Eric, which is Cavalier, um, you know, the coward, and I can't, and when I found this out later on, like, I couldn't believe I didn't make the connection, because his voice is so distinct, but as the, the uh, Donnie Most, or whatever, the guy played Ralph Mouth. Oh, really? On, on the Happy, on Happy Days? Days, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And you know what else is, what else kind of like, well, I didn't, I had no way to know this was going to happen, but a few years ago, um, for work, I ended up, um, going to a, a con, uh, it was like a small comic con in Bakersfield, California. I wasn't even know. I didn't know we were even going to go there until I showed up. I had no idea what the job was. I just knew that I was taking this group of people somewhere. And uh, we went there. You know, it was mostly comics, but it was a lot of comic-related stuff. There were some video games. There were some VHS. There was a few other things. But they had, like, two main halls. And in the second hall was more, like, artists, like, people selling their comic books and you know there was a lot of like you know people there that you know i didn't know but you know some people did know they were there to see them like guest appearances or uh -huh. whatever and one of them was ralph and potsy <laughs> and i remember like when i saw ralph sitting there and actually he looked really good potsy that guy needs some psychiatric help because oh. i mean dude why are you still dyeing your hair he's like 70 years old oh. and he had just the blackest hair <laughs> i'm like nobody believes that whereas ralph yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> Donnie, he let his hair naturally, you know, because he's redhead and he has a little bit of gray in it. And he looked real good. Uh -huh. You know, I thought, man, like, look how one guy looks tremendous and the other guy looks cartoonish. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. But uh, Ralph was really nice. I, I didn't really bug them because I wasn't going to buy any of their pictures or anything. I just walked up and I wanted to say hi to them. I just... Hey, you know, oh, I just wanted you to know I was always a big fan of you guys. And, uh, and I told... You know, I told uh, Donnie, you know, Ralph, I was like, I would, my mind, I would have probably shit my, I'm sorry, <laughs> I would have pooped my pants as a kid had I known you were in, like, one of my favorite cartoons. I yeah. Would, at the time, it was my favorite, probably, when I was first watching it. It blew my mind, because I was a big fan of Happy Days, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. That's but Anyways, funny. there's my number three. <laughs> well, my number two, I lumped a bunch together, um. Because I think they're all equally as good and funny. And that's the Bugs Bunny, Looney Tune, Comedy Hour, and Woody Woodpecker, and Mighty Mouse, and Tom and Jerry, all those type of cartoons. Um, I just thought they were... I mean, those are the ones where I would laugh out loud. And my brother and I would sit there and crack up and slap our knee. And it was really funny stuff. Like, the comedy in those older cartoons uh, were great. And I'm especially thinking of the the older, older ones. Like, now, I think Hanna-Barbera took over, like, the Tom and Jerry when they were friends, and I never liked that. Um, and Woody Woodpecker had a couple iterations as well, I think so did Mighty Mouse. But the older stuff was always the funnier stuff. Um, and, again, primarily it was just because they were, out of all these cartoons, these were the ones that would actually make you laugh. When the Road Runner was being chased by Wally Coyote, and every time he fell off the cliff, and all the different ways they would, you know, get hurt, and all the different traps, 
And then you got Tom and Jerry. Uh, the violence was funny. I mean, banging each other over the head with hammers and smacked in the face oh, with yeah. brooms. And back then, they were shooting each other with guns and everything. Um, and it was just, it was funny. It was over the top. It was dramatic. Um, and there was a lot of thought. I, I would think that these were like comedians and really good writers that were putting these cartoons together. The quality was really, really high compared to some of the other cookie-cutter, formulaic kind of, you know, Saturday morning cartoons that came a little bit later. But these were out of, like, the 60s, right? If I'm not mistaken, some of this older stuff, like... Well, the, the Bugs Bunny cartoons were even, originally... Right? Well, they were originally designed for adults. Yeah, yeah, and you can they tell. They would show them before movies. Yeah, they would show them before movies in movie theaters. Like, some of them, like, some of the early ones, like, they were, uh, like, political, uh, some war propaganda kind of cartoons, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, so they had a lot of things going on uh, with Bugs Bunny. There's so many different um, versions of that cartoon uh, but, again, they would just lump them all in the same hour, kind of like um, the Super Friends sort of thing. Like, if it was the, you know, Bugs and Daffy show, you would you could see cartoons from the 60s. You can see cartoons from the 70s. Uh, even the yeah. very early 80s, I think, they put out a few. Um, that was probably more in, like, the well late later 70s. They kind of focused a little more on uh, Roadrunner and uh, Speedy Gonzales. And there was a couple other ones that uh had their own little you know like you know each within looney tunes there was most of them were gener you know were revolved around bugs bunny but they weren't yeah. all i mean they they had like the sylvester and tweety versions yeah you know, they, they had their own storyline they had sylvester and that um i mean they uh, wiley e. coyote would be with the roadrunner but then he was also with that sheep dog where he was trying to steal the sheep. Yep. Where yep. He, they, his name was Ralph or whatever. I don't know. He had a different, uh, or he, I guess he was still Wiley e. Coyote, but uh, the other guy was Ralph. I don't know. They would like check in to go to work. Remember that? Yep. Like, yep. Yep. And the dog, the sheep dogs, and then it'd be funny because he'd be pummeling, he'd be beating the crap out of him, and then the whistle would blow. And they would stop and, and then punch let him out. Go, yeah. And then they would just <laughs> go punch out. All right, see you tomorrow. You know. But just like, very, very clever writing. Animation was top-notch i mean this animation is so good um it's very fluent i don't know how to say it but it was just a smoother animation everything was hand-drawn all hand-drawn yeah and all hand-drawn uh orchestras you didn't have a lot you of like I mean? like with like, he-man that the the infamously had like that you would see the same you know animations over and over they never did that kind of sure. stuff it was very very high yeah. quality and what a great oh Transformers did that yeah too. exactly there was, there was some a lot of our cartoons were well they were if all you really go back and look at them with a skeptic or like a critical eye you'd be like oh that's terrible well that was when they started mm-hmm. shipping stuff out to other countries and they would they would you know companies would animate them this stuff was all done in house like by these artists yeah. and they all these creators would come together and what a great group of characters I mean Daffy Duck is hysterical um, yep. Woody Woodpecker was always one of my favorites. That's a great show. Um, that was always the same thing. Just really funny and clever. Mighty Mouse I always loved. You got this little hero mouse. Um, and that changed just like Woody Woodpecker. There was a Woody Woodpecker, the older ones, and then he looked different later on, and it wasn't as funny. And I think the same thing happened to Mighty Mouse. Uh, he went through a change of some sort. Maybe a different animation studio or production company took over. Um, but all, all the older stuff was just... Just you never you never went without being entertained. It was always funny, always a good time, and you just never knew what to expect. And you know, like you said, you had Yosemite Sam, and you had just a whole cast of characters. They're all different and over the top, all voiced so wonderfully. 
And you got the great animation and great writing, and it was just, you could watch them today and be very entertained, I'd say. So, that's my number two. with you 100%. Right on. Well, my number two, I want to, I mean, I can't believe you've never seen this cartoon, Duke, but this could have easily been my number one, but I I wanted to leave my number one for more childhood-like. So my number two is X Men. Yeah. And this is this is such a great cartoon. I had gotten into the comic books probably about I don't know, maybe when I was like in sixth, seventh grade, I had a neighbor who was into X Men. And that was my first introduction into X Men. I didn't know nothing about X Men, but he had all the comic books of X Men. And he gave me some, and I read them, and then I got into collecting comic books, and, you know, X-Men, a lot of Marvel, a lot of DC, you know, I I collected, I didn't care what the brand was, I I wasn't really loyal to anything, but I really loved X-Men, I really loved the the different versions of X-Men, but I really feel like um, the cartoon version of X-Men is really the standard. I mean, even some of the live-action movies don't hold a candle to this this cartoon this cartoon was it might have been designed for children but it definitely was thinking about adults as well they knew there was going to be some adults who were going to watch this show because there was some you know pretty adult storylines i mean you know nothing graphic or anything like that but you know like it, it there was there was you know risks and you know there was gonna there's there was real danger and there was love triangles and yeah, there was social commentary. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a very rounded show. I always wondered why everybody held it so dear. I, I just assumed it was for nostalgia. I didn't realize it was really no. that good of a show. I and it holds up. Okay, well I'll have to you check that watch out. It to, you can watch it today, and you know, like don't judge it on the first episode. Give it some episodes. Get in there okay. because there's also great story arcs. Like there's a a Phoenix story arc where it talks about when Jean Grey becomes the Phoenix. And there's a big arc, and it overlaps another big event that's happening in X-Men. They did a great job of connecting it, not disregarding what came before it. Wow. You know, they would they would remember things that happened in, you know, 10 episodes earlier, you know. They gave, sto- uh, you know, Wolverine had an arc, and there was the, the like, one of the greatest story arcs was with um, with Gambit, um, was it Gambit? There was a guy from the, yeah, I think it was Gambit. It was a time traveler from the future. And in the future, like some stuff was going wrong. You know what I mean? And, uh, he went back into time and to try to change it. And essentially they ripped that off basically recently. Well, been a few years now, but the X-Men of days of futures past, it wasn't the exact storyline, but it was kind of what they were borrowing from. And it has a Terminator vibe to it. You know, it, it it really is good. And then they revisit it again. You know, one of the big bads was Apocalypse. And, ah, man, he's such a cool character. They really jacked him up in that movie. Uh, that movie does not do him any good, in, any justice. The the last X-Men movie, the well, the X-Men Apocalypse movie. Yeah. Don't judge, don't judge the character on that movie. That was really crappy. Uh, if they ever do it again, I'm hoping, you know, eventually the X-Men get integrated into this new, you know, this new phase of the Marvel Universe. Um, and one day, uh, Apocalypse will be involved in it and and Mr. Sinister. And that was another really cool character. I mean, their bad guys were bad guys. 
You know what I so mean? This but is, they also this is mid nineties, right? Mid yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. Great cartoon, dude. Really great cartoon. Um, I highly recommend it. I mean, obviously it's number two on my list. It could have easily had been number one. I mean, easily. Like if I was gonna sit down and like you said, let's watch a cartoon. I would think have you watched the X Men? Yeah, I have them on DVD. I love them. I think you would really like it, Duke. I think you gotta yeah. give it a good chance. Well, watch it. Get into it. There's uh, so many episodes. And um, well, everybody man, does it really kept me going. Everybody does rave about it, and I'll say that there's two factors why I probably missed it. One was my age. I would at that you know mid nineties. I was I was working full time, and yeah. you know oh, yeah. I just wasn't watching anything probably at that time, honestly. Um, and I never I never knew much about the X-Men. You know, there was Superman, there was Batman, there was Spider-Man. Right. And the only time I ever saw X-Men was when they kind of crossed over into some of my Spider-Man comics or something. I would see one or two here or there, like Wolverine. I knew who that was. But yeah. I guess it wasn't attractive to me because it was just... They were kind of, in my mind, they were like B-level superheroes, and I didn't know anything oh, no. about them. No. Yeah. I mean, it's funny how, like, I, I kind of know what you're talking about. I remember when I started hearing people talk about the X-Men, I'm like, I... What are you even talking about? Like, uh, you know, I know Marvel. You got the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. You got, you know, you got you got Hulk. You got Spider Man and stuff. It's like, oh no, no, no. X Men, they're far from B level. And you're gonna see it once. Uh, once Disney puts out their X Men movie, you're you're gonna see what the hype is about. It. Some of these characters. I mean, Wolverine is a great character, but you know, Cyclops, Beast, Jean Grey. You know. Uh, when I said Gambit earlier, that wasn't the right one because Gambit was the card throwing guy. Um, I I can't think of that one bad guy's name in that that time traveling episode, but it wasn't Gambit. Um, anyways, Gambit was another one of the characters. He probably was my probably my least favorite, but my brother loved Gambit. I know a lot of people a lot of people like Gambit. Um, but man, it's it's really good, dude. I think you'll love it. I think you give it a chance, and you're gonna be all in on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think also as a kid, um, I just was never exposed to them. You know, the Hawk had a TV show, Spider Man had a TV show, Superman had the movie. I just those were just like all over the place. And X Men, they were kind of like off to the side. I never knew much about them, so I just never, I never got into X Men. You never got into the X Men movies, the the ones in the two thousands. I never liked them. No, no. Mm, yeah. I mean, I it's probably because I didn't. You watched because you didn't watch cartoons. Well, so. yeah, I wasn't familiar with those characters that much, so I just wasn't as yeah. into them as watching. Well, because like, it was a, that that was one of the things I really enjoyed about. I don't think they're. I I think Disney's going to do a much better job with the X Men franchise than yeah. Fox did, but for the time, it was awesome to see them like. You know, to see Wolverine, by I don't think they could have casted him any better. <laughs> I mean... Oh, I, I did see um, Logan, and I really like that. Yeah, Logan's a great movie, for sure. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Logan's yeah. awesome. But that's kind of... That's a different story. I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be Logan in the future, obviously, Professor X when he's getting older and stuff. But it is kind of like a side movie. Sure. Like, it doesn't really... Because actually, they they killed him off in one of the movies, you know, Professor X. Spoiler alert! But you know, I did I mean, like the movie. I did like the first newer X Men movie with the younger. Well, right, that would be uh, the first class. That was good. But all those um, Mark and Singer was it? Mark, who was the director of the first couple, the the trilogy? Though? Was that Mark Singer? Yeah, I. Uh, no, I no, it was uh, the other guy that he kind of got a bad no. rap or something. 
Yeah, he he's not. I don't really think his is it. Brett Brett Soderberg, something. Maybe? It's Brett something, isn't it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll let the people in the Discord <laughs> tell us how stupid we are. But um, it, it that you know yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect movies. I'm saying if you're an X Men fan, it was as good as you're gonna get at the time. So it was better than nothing, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's why I think I'm really excited about seeing what they do with um disney what they do with the x-men properties i feel like they're going to hit it out of the park because i mean it's a lot of money i mean they're going to make a lot of money on x-men whenever yeah. that gets introduced because there's people you know there's a new generation of kids who don't know nothing about x-men it's almost like you know kind of where you were you know what i mean like right. you were in that middle where you didn't really watch it well there's there's a whole generation of kids who's never watched it and um it's going to be big. And, you know, yeah. Fantastic Four is going to be big, too. They're going to incorporate that as well. See, I liked them a lot when I was a kid. I had some of their comics, so I was I was always intrigued with them, for sure. Yeah, I, I did, too. I There was a, a library book that I used... Every time I would come to my grandparents' house, there was a little library, and my grandmother would take me down there and, you know, let me check out a book. And I just kept checking out the same book. And I wish I could remember exactly what it was, because I would buy it. I don't care... I mean, unless it's several digits, I'm, I would pretty much buy it for whatever the cost was on eBay. Um, but I would read it, and it, you know, it was about Fantastic Four, and it had Doctor Doom in it, and I was really fascinated with their whole thing. And there was a cartoon at some point. I think there was. It was um, an older, yeah. Yeah, there was a cartoon at some point. I mean, I don't remember a lot about it. I just remember liking it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I mean, pretty much, I was, you know, I was into any superhero kind of thing yeah. you know what i mean if there was yeah. a superhero cartoon i was about it but um x-men's highly recommended buddy i think you right. like it you should track it down there might they might be on youtube um i think it's worth your time all right i'll check that out so, so let's do some honorable mentions before you say your okay one. all right okay well i'll go you ahead you must have had some honorable mentions. i did right? um i'll say this is not a cartoon but it's a saturday morning thing that I absolutely loved as a kid, and that's we had a kung fu theater every Saturday morning. I think it was later on, it's probably into the early afternoon, where yeah. where they would play, you know, dubbed kung fu movies, and I just yeah, loved that stuff, Bruce Lee stuff, and just weird, just random, just kung fu stuff. And I just always loved catching those, and I would try to catch kung fu theater every every weekend if I could. But um, so that's an honorable mention, and then I had the real Ghostbusters on here as well. I was never a huge fan of the Ghostbusters. Um, it was just a good cartoon with the Slimer, and you know the characters were kind of different than they were in the movie, and it was kind of interesting. And it was just a fun show. I wasn't like a huge fan, but it was fun to watch. And of course, you had the good intro and everything. So those are my two honorable mentions. Well. I'm going to be a little more honorable to my honorable mentions because I got a few. But I'll start off with uh, how you talked about something that wasn't a cartoon but was a staple of Saturdays. And uh, that would have been Land of the Lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? That, I mean, that really... I was going to put that on my uh, top intro thing, but I wanted to keep it, to, you know, to cartoons. But... Um, it had one of the greatest intros. Absolutely. It told you what was going on. You did not have to see any of the other episodes to be caught up. You knew what was going on the second you saw the beginning of The Land of the Lost. Um, it puts you into another like fantasy world. It was really neat. Um, like, that's another series they really done us kids wrong. At, towards the end, they switched out the dad. Oh, my gosh. Inserted I hate that. an uncle. And it's like, yeah. what the heck are you doing, man? 
Now, now I thought that I for children. I thought that I caught that on after school. I'm pretty sure I didn't see that on Saturday mornings, but I could be wrong. Right. I mean, no, they probably did syndicate. They didn't. It wasn't after school in my area. It was definitely a Saturday morning for me. And I know it originated as a Saturday morning cartoon. I yeah. do not doubt that it was after school. Again, it, yeah. once it goes into syndication, all these small channels just started gobbling up things that they thought would get them ratings and that they could get for the cheapest yeah. price. So I'm not surprised you watched that after school. No, I'm a huge but, fan uh, of it. I uh, th We talked about this a little while ago. I went through recently and was watching it pretty religiously. Um, and I just had such a good time revisiting that. Just the... The, the intro is hysterical. Yep. The special effects—it looks like toys, man. It's so funny to watch those blue mm -hmm. screen special effects with the puppets and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was just so eerie and creepy and just um. Yeah, well, the sleaze stacks. Oh I mean, yeah, that, that stuff—that was nightmare fuel, right oh, there. Oh my man. gosh, and that '70s like uh, music and the weird like um, synthesized kind of sound effects and all the well, crystals. All that claymation and stuff, and yeah, it, it was a trip. Come on, come on. But dance it away. Hey, look, here. if you don't want to go, I'll go by myself. No, without me, you're not. Man, what they a... had that weird stuff from a distance sometimes when you see the dinosaurs moving. It's like, yeah. It looks cheesy as hell. But. Maybe you didn't care. It was awesome, man. That's a great pick, man. Awesome. I absolutely love that show, and it's still fun to watch today. Absolutely. Good good one, for sure. Yeah. Um, another honorable mention, I would like, even though it wasn't technically a cartoon, but Schoolhouse Rock. Okay. I mean, you could, yeah. not, you could not watch oh, yeah. Saturday morning cartoons on ABC and not know about Schoolhouse Rock, the, the yep. various songs teaching us about math or how to become a bill or, <laughs> yeah, you know, government, whatever, yeah. pronunciation, you know, punctuation, you know what I mean? Like, all that stuff. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the capital city. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday, at least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. There was a lot of other good bumpers in that time. There was another... Um, the guy was a, a, a hankering for a hunk of cheese. You know, he was walking down the in a. He's looking. He wanted cheese, and his name was his name was Timer. Time out for Timer, and he was you. You probably don't remember, I don't. It, but you'll remember it if I you don't. see it. You'll remember it if you see. It, I promise you, because he also uh, would. There was another one like uh, how to make a Saturday. It would taught you how to make a bootleg Sunday, basically with. With like whipped cream and a banana, and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So there was all these little m micro cartoons that would only last about thirty to forty-five seconds, maybe yep. a minute and a half. Oh, howdy, partner! Time for timer. Do you ever get that hungry feeling after school? Boy, I do. I'm so hungry I could eat a wagon wheel. When I'm slow on the draw and I need something to chaw, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. When my ten gallon hats are feeling five gallons flat, I um, but they would play them on ABC in my market, anyways. And um, I'm pretty sure they were all ABC properties. Uh, another one, just to throw it out, the Yuck Mouth. Remember that? The Yuck the, Mouth. They would do like, yeah. They, there was this 
uh, guy, they call me Yuck Mouth because I don't brush. And he had like really nappy teeth. It was about trying to get you to brush your teeth. So they had, it was part of like the, it was probably, it was part of the, one of the problems that cartoons got themselves in trouble for is um, initially they had all these time slots opened up on Saturdays because it was supposed to be educational for children. They were supposed to educate children on things. Like, they knew they had a captive audience. Matter of fact, some of them probably were grant-based. Yeah. Or the networks got kind of a... They got discounts on showing these because they were supposed to, um, you know, educate children. So, they would have that. They started doing that. ABC also had the after-school specials. Oh, yeah. You know, they, yeah. they would have those and that, you know, would have, like, these real-life situations that children should watch out for and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um... A lot of these things, like, you know, even, like, one of the famous ones is G.I. Joe at the end. That little knowing is half the battle. And, you know, they'd have those little scenarios where the kid's burning up his parents' kitchen. And <laughs> the guy about comes the, in, oh, uh, no, don't do that. Put the baking soda on it there's or whatever. A, there's a know? funny He-Man one. They, they did that on He-Man, too, where he, oh. uh, it's hysterical. He, uh, He-Man comes on and tells tells the uh, audience that, you know, Ram Man likes to ram things with his head, but you really shouldn't ram things with your head. Like, that's the right. lesson. Like, don't bang your head. <laughs> it's it's sure. hysterical. In today's story, I sure was busy. Boy, did that hurt. Ramming things may look like fun, but it really isn't. Trying to use your head the way I do is not only dangerous, <laughs> it's dumb. I mean, you could get hurt badly. So, listen to Rami, play safely, and when you use your head, use it the way it was meant to be used, to think. <laughs> Until later, so long. But yeah, so I mean, that was that was part of their, um, I imagine they must have got sued or something, but that was probably part of the, you know, ABC, I'm sure CBS had their own little, hey kids, don't do this. On NBC, they had the more you know thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. And yeah. the more you know, you know, they would they would tell you things on like that. So that was really about like the educational aspect because cartoons became a vessel for cereal and toys. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. That's yep. that was all that mad that's really all they were is we're gonna sell you some so we want you to buy these toys and here are sponsor these sugary snacks. Buy these <laughs> snacks as well. So it was about selling you sugar and selling you toys. But um you know, Schoolhouse Rock was was very important. It really mattered a lot. I'll just go over a couple of fame some of my favorite cartoons, Fat Albert, Pole Position, Muppet Babies definitely would have made it. Uh, Mr. T had a cartoon that I liked. Oh, the yeah. Ewoks, yeah. Happy Days. They had a cartoon where they got that caught one, yeah. in, in like a time machine and they were trying to find get back to, you know, where were they from? Milwaukee or whatever? <laughs> like, I, don't, <laughs> I forgot where they were from. But they were trying to get back to Al's Diner. Somehow they got stuck into uh, a spaceship that was a time travel. I don't know. But anyways, it was a good show. There was another show that I faintly remember, but I remember watching a lot called Galaxy High. I really don't... It was like a high school in the galaxy. Like, some kid got sucked out of his place, and it almost kind of reminded me of uh, that one movie we like, um, The Last Starfighter. How okay. he kind of, like, went up into space. It was kind of like that, but with high school. I don't remember that one. Um, Rubik the Amazing Cube was one. It was, I mean, a whole cartoon based on Rubik's the Rubik's Cube. So that tells you <laughs> how big the Rubik's Cube was then. Yeah. Um, Teen Wolf was another one that I really liked, and and um, yeah, we'll go ahead and end it on Teen Wolf. Like that was another cool one I liked, and I as ironic as I was into the cartoon ever, I never even seen the movie at that point, but oh. I loved that Teen Wolf cartoon. So 
Um, I never saw the cartoon, but I, I love the movie, the first one anyway. Oh, the I love the one. movie too. Hey, do you see at the end of part one, at the first movie, uh, whenever they're like standing in the crowd, you know, like the crowd gets up to applaud him after he won the basketball game and everything. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys, when he stood up, his pants fell down. One of the extras. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's still in the movie. <laughs> now, were all I those you... it till later. Were all those you just listed Saturday morning cartoons? Or was that just a Every bunch one of... of them. No, 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 no. These were all Saturday morning cartoons. Okay, wow. I remember there was a Mork and Mindy cartoon, too. Or yep. maybe, maybe, maybe it was, was Mork... Mork Maybe it was Mork from Ork. Mork, it's probably, I think it was Mork from Ork, but yeah. right, I don't think Mindy was in it. I think it was more focused on Mork, but um, yeah. yeah, I actually like that cartoon better than the series. But I like, like, I like I Fat Albert series, a lot, too. But... Fat Albert was a good cartoon. That was funny. Yeah, Fat Albert was a great cartoon, and that yeah. was another one that had... Uh, and that and see, you could tell the difference between the 70s cartoons and the 80s cartoons because uh, Fat Albert was more educational. Yeah, it was very like, it was like social commentary. It, there was always... Yeah. There was always a moral of the story within Fat Albert. Um, there was always something that you learned something during Fat yeah. Albert, and so it was it was definitely more educational than what cartoons you know became in the eighties, where yeah. it was really just about you know like I said, selling sugar and and toys. Um, <laughs> yep. But, but Fat yeah. Albert, um, that was a great cartoon, man. That yeah. had a great intro as well. That, yep. That's great. So. Now we're going to talk about some great intros then, huh? That's no, we, we haven't done our number one yet. Oh, I didn't. oh yeah, that's right. I, I was thinking number one. Yo, you're right. We haven't. Oh, shoot. I hope I didn't read my number one. No, I didn't. Go ahead. I want, All right, I we got to do a drum roll. But by accident. My number one is Pee Wee's Playhouse. The one that you, uh, that was that's down crazy. lower. So that's your number one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's probably the show that I most look forward to. Um, and I, this came a little bit later. I was probably a little too old. To watch it, but I will say that I, I really wasn't because this, to me, this show was so clever, and it was almost like self-aware. It was it was so corny that it was borderline making fun of itself, but it also appealed to the younger audiences so well, and to them it was it was real, but it was like kind of tongue in cheek. But I've always loved Pee Wee Herman. I love. PB's uh, Big Adventure. That movie is so fantastic to me. It's one of my favorites from the '80s, um, yeah. and I just love his character. And to me, m much like the Muppet Babies, I, I just felt like, what a cool concept! How cool would it be to have this playhouse, this like world where everything's fun, everything's safe. There's all these gadgets everywhere, and Peter Herman's funny. At least to me, I would crack up at his. His personality oh, sure. and his jokes. It was, of course, it was funny. That was, a, it was and it was like just it, it, they they kind of found that perfect balance or that perfect groove of yeah, we're kind of making fun of ourselves, and this is funny for adults or older kids too. But we're also, you know, we got Cherry and we got these silly puppets. Mm -hmm. But then they would have like the guy from the Matrix. What's his name? The um the actor, uh, the cowboy, yeah, uh, Fishburne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Was uh, Lawrence, yeah. cow, cowboy something? I, can't, I forgot his name, but he was hysterical. Yeah, cowboy something. Cowboy yeah. something. I think that's his original. That's his name. Cowboy, <laughs> cowboy Bob or something like that. I don't remember, but uh, all those just uh, and then like um, the guy from Saturday Night Live was in there a lot. Uh, Phil Hartman, I think, was a, yeah. a returning character on he there. Was, yeah, I, I he was, and I can't remember which one he was. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I have the. 
volume one through eight. I have the little P. Oh, Herman set that I found at the thrift store, and it cost me uh, what one, two, three, four dollars because they charge fifty cents a tape, and there's eight tapes. There you and, go. Uh, and you know what's funny is when I first looked at it, I thought because you know when it's well, I posted on our Discord. It creates like a whole picture with the spines of the. You know, yeah, spine yeah, I saw that. Creates yeah. a little part of the picture. And I remember when I looked at it, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I almost, I was like, wait a minute, why is that not in my cart? You know what I mean? Let me grab that. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like, I almost left it behind, and I was so happy that I didn't. Cowboy Curtis was his name. Woo-wee! Cowboy Curtis. Well, you should know this. We got yeah. a Cowboy Curtis in the group. <laughs> yeah. That's what I should start calling that's him. That's Hollywood Curtis. Curtis. That's Hollywood Curtis. But well, um, Not anymore. Not anymore? He's a cowboy. Oh, okay. No, he's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an actor. He can act like a cowboy, I'm sure. That's true. <laughs> we'll get him a hat, real small one. But, you know, I think when this show was popular, I was probably, like I said, about 13 or so. Um, so it was a little weird. I remember kind of being a little embarrassed when my parents would walk in. I was watching PB's Playhouse. But in my mind, it was just, I don't know, there's something about it that just hit me at the right time. It was escapism for me. It was just fun to think of this safe playhouse with all this silliness going on it was funny um i liked all the practical stuff you know you had the puppets you had um you know quirky blue screen stuff you had that little short with penny the uh, claymation and those were always mm-hmm. kind of funny yeah those um, were cool they connect the dots la 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 and his Wee herman silliness and it was just oh, something the, stupid the secret word yeah word it, it, somebody day, would say it everybody that. would scream it was just cra- it was you know it's stupid stuff but for whatever reason it just worked and it was immensely popular so i know i'm not the only yeah. one who for some reason no 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 it, it well it's on my list too <clears throat> it's great there's no doubt about it it had to be on my top 10 because i wouldn't have been honest if it wasn't yeah, and even though I was older, there was something so appealing about that show um, for me. And again, just a big fan of his humor, his personality. Pee Wee Herman, it's kind of, it's weird, it's strange, and I can't really formulate into words why I was attracted to that character or that humor, but it was just hysterical to me. And uh, it was, he, I think he was a comedic genius in a lot of ways, much on the level of like a Gene Wilder or... Um, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head, but that just had this something about them that was so kind of quirky, over the top, but somehow worked. And I don't yeah, think like he, a Jim Carrey or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he gets yeah, enough credit for, sure. for no, his impact. No, not at all. Paul Rubens is awesome, man. He's making a little bit of a comeback now. I, you know, and it's so funny what you know, like we're in like this cancel culture environment where you know mistakes somehow cost you. Yeah. And and I don't want to get too into what he did, but yeah. the fact that he was caught doing nothing really wrong, and especially in the environment that he was in, yeah. it's ridiculous that yeah. you know that whoever that police officer was, or who you know that just didn't just cut this guy a break. I mean, right. completely ruined his career yeah. for many years. Uh, he he made a famous comeback where he kind of went back in the public eye as Pee Wee Herman. Uh, he came out on the MTV Awards. Yep, yep, I remember and, that. And um, he made a little comeback then. And uh, since then, you know, he's probably done little things here and there. And I think he's kind of getting a little resurgence. Well, no, he had he had that years. new um, Netflix movie a couple years ago. Remember? Well, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. The last few years or whatever it was. It was, just it saying, was pretty like, decent. It was, it was decent. It was funny. No, no, no. I agree. I'm just saying, like, it's that's part of the research yeah. I'm re- uh, referring to. Yeah. You know, he's kind of made his comeback, and 
you know, I just, it's so ridiculous that, uh, what happened to the guy, because, I mean, in all honesty, it wasn't like he did something that was <laughs> hurtful to children, and they right. didn't do anything, he was <clears throat> in an adult situation in an adult area, yep. you know what I mean, yeah. like, it really made no sense for what happened to yep. him, but... Um, very iconic figure, big part of my childhood. I mean, I literally went to watch a movie just because I knew he was in it. He had a small cameo in this movie called Back to the Beach. Uh-huh. And, uh, I remember seeing that in the commercials and, uh, me and a group of friends, uh, we had, uh, one of the friends, their mother took us to see it in the movie theater and it was a surfing movie in, in like the, kind of the late eighties, mid, mid to late eighties, probably 86, 87, something like that. But. I mean, I, I really just wanted to see it just because I knew he was in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just, I was a fan of him. Yeah. Right? I thought the dude was awesome. And, you know, I thought he was funny. And there was something about him. I didn't know, I couldn't understand why because there, you know, like, especially, you know, you're kind of like a, you know, a little tough boy, you know, and you see him, he kind of acts a little weird and kind of funny. And, but I don't yeah. know what it was about him, but I just thought he was hilarious. And, um, I mean, the whole man-child yeah. thing is hard to pull off. I mean, that is not an easy yes. character to do without being exactly. creepy and not, without being strange or cheesy. And right. he does it with such confidence and with such, I don't know, just such an interesting way that it just works, you know? I mean, it's an iconic character, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. think there's many things that kind of compare to it. It's really its own thing. You know, yep. and I'm sure there's probably some other comparisons we could if we had more time to think of, but it doesn't matter. Yep. It, Pee Wee Herman, um, that's a great cart, you know, well, cartoonish, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely cartoon. Well, there was some animation in it, so it qualifies. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was a Saturday morning show. And, uh, that's a great number one, dude. And then at the end, when he gets on the scooter, he, I guess I was, a little, I remember just like I talked about before, when they replace a girl, replace, like you said, on Land of the Lost, they replace his bike. With a scooter, and I, I remember as a kid, I was like, "Oh man, his bike was so cool!" It was like the whole movie was about his bike, and now he just got this—he just chucked it aside. Now he's got the scooter. So I had this similar kind of feeling when I saw that. But they played this kind of like somber music at the end. He, he, he shoots out of there, and he's on the street. And there's just something about the ending of that show too that just—I don't know—just had an impact on me. But um, the outro, I guess I'll yeah. say. So there you go. All right. Well, we are running a little long here, so let's. I'm going to do these rapid fire. Well, I, these... I got to get my number one. Oh, I'm sorry. My gosh. I'm doing the same thing you did to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Come on, Duke. Get with it. Um, no, my number one is Bugs Bunny. Okay. Uh, I won't go too much into it because we talked a lot. But, I mean, this was like really the only cartoon I ever kind of bonded with my dad over. Like I mentioned before, it was it was something that he was into because, frankly, they were on when he was a kid. So, it was something he could relate to. It was funny. It was, it was one of those cartoons that um, pretty much anybody of any age could watch it and get something out of it. I mean, there's so many different variations of Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Um, what was really prominent in, you know, like the at least the show format was the Bugs and Daffy show. Yeah. Where they would come out and they were doing the the overture song, you know, and they'd they you know what i mean like the beginning of a, yep. a like if it was like they were out of play or, or whatever and um you know then it would just go into all the classic cartoons and like they're like we talked about earlier there's just so many different storylines different characters they would match them differently the was it uh mel blank i believe was the one of the big uh the guys who yeah did the voices yeah or whatever. yeah the guy was awesome um super talented and i don't yeah. know man it, yeah it's just great i mean it just 
you know, the fact that they were able to translate or, like, convert something that was really meant for adults and had an adult vibe, especially the earlier ones, and then kind of morph it into something that, you know, they could still show those cartoons as well, but then they also built on those cartoons to make them a little more targeted towards children. Um, yep. You know, the fact that it's made a cameo in one of my favorite horror movies, The Shining, you know, uh, the little boy was sitting there watching. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, also, it was even in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Um, it was in the background, the kids, when he was freaking out in his kitchen, making the mountain on the table. Yep, yep. It was in the background, but um, that's a great, great cartoon, man. I, it's something, I have the DVDs, I don't have all of them, but I'm always looking for more. Well, they I'll made some really good sets. I'll say one more thing uh, about it, and that I, I'm not going to lie, I love the lack of political correctness that's in there. It's so refreshing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just kind of what it was. To revisit you know I mean? that era now uh, with, you know, guns and, and not afraid to show some violence. And there's actually people, sure. like, sometimes they're getting drunk and stuff like that. And um, it, you got rapey skunks. You know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I like revisiting that um it's refreshing to to right. to see that. Uh, I, that's all I'll say about it. But yeah, no, <laughs> it stands I mean, out. It, you know, there's. It, I mean, it, it, you. Some of those episodes would not make it in today's environment, and, as you can see by Pepper Le Pew getting. You know, I guess he got canceled recently. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it, you know what I mean. Like it, some of those would not make it in today's environment. Um, but it was a great cartoon, and you know. I yeah. never thought of it as anything else but entertainment and something that was funny, and um, I, you know, I miss it. I wish yeah. they would. I know Warner Brothers is uh, doing a little bit of it on um, HBO Go. I mean HBO. I'm sorry, Max. HBO Max, the yeah. streaming service. They have a new uh, Bugs Bunny. I haven't watched it yet. I heard some things that were good, so I'll give them a look whenever I get a chance. Yep. All right, that's a good one. Absolutely, that was my number two, right? Yeah. So. Good stuff. Well, we have another, you know, we were going to talk about the intros. Um, so I'm going to kind of do these rapid fire because yeah, there's nothing you can really that. say except for I no. like I like these intros. So I had a, fi- a list of five of the best Saturday morning cartoon intros. So I've got Pee-wee's Playhouse. That song is just weird and interesting, and mm-hmm. I just love it. Um, Dennis the Menace I liked as well. That had a great intro song. Um, Muppet Babies, we talked about that. Yeah, um, great sure. song. You could probably sing every line. A- anybody that watched it probably could. It was so memorable. Um, Spider Man is Amazing Friends. There's no lyrics, but it's great music, and it really got you no, pumped but it's, up. And it's a good setup. Right? Yeah, you got some really good pump pumping kind of music for some hero action. So it's just a great intro. And um, oh, the Gummy Bears. That's the best. I think that song is so good. That's what really stands out to me the most about Gummy Bear. I didn't have a lot of memories of what was going on in the show, but that opening uh, music or song is fantastic. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy Bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Probably my favorite one, honestly. Okay. Do you know, do you know well, that one? 
I'll put it in post. No, but... I never. I never really watched it. I told you we've oh, established this. Gummy that... bears. I never really watched it. The I, opening theme to that. But I will. Yeah. I will. I'll do that. You watch X Men. I'll watch Gummy Bears. How about that? <laughs> okay. Deal. I, right. I, you're getting the better end of this deal. Dude. I'm sure I am. I'm but, sure I am. Okay. All right. So you said five, but I can't do it. Um, Land of the Lost. Great intro. Muppet Babies, great intro. Um, Bugs Bunny, the one I did talk about, the Bugs and Daffy show, the one where he does the overture yeah. song where they're going across with the canes and the hats. That just, there's something about that that can probably make me tear up if I <laughs> wanted to. Um, the Super Friends, but the later ones, the one with Zan and Jaina, just all the sound effects, that announcer voice who's like, eh, you know, yep. Zan and Jaina, you know, like all that stuff. Yeah. That was really great. <laughs> The Pee Wee Playhouse was awesome. Like you said it all about it. I mean, it, it. If you didn't know what the show was about, you found out in about thirty seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was great, and it and it had the, all that animation, and it had Pee Wee walking around being silly. <laughs> uh, it was great. Um, Thundar the Barbarian, probably mostly just for nostalgic purposes, but again, I just really enjoy just like the breakdown, kind of showing you what the cartoon was about. The sound and everything, the little sound effects and everything. I mean, it's probably not as good as these other ones on the list, but yeah. I mean, it's something that's really high on mine. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, I really feel like that might be the best intro as far as, like, you understand exactly what's going on with these children. You know, A, what their names are, B, who their guide is, you know, their yep. Yoda figure, Dungeon Master. You know <laughs> who the bad guy is. You know what their goal is, is to get back home. You find that out, and it's perfect. And there's something about it. Again, there's not a lot of music involved as far as like a jingle or you know, like a song, but it has a lot of music involved in it. So yeah. that's a great opening. And, you know, I, 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 don't know, I didn't put these in order as far as ranking, but um, I'm going to just go back to X-Men. That intro is amazing. Just the breakdown of all the, you know, the bad guys, kind of how they incorporate them, how they show you the good guy, they kind of show you who's doing what. And at the end, they kind of bring them all together, and just that intro music, it's a really good song. And um, it might not be as high on your list, because it's not even on it at all, but <laughs> I tell you, after you watch the whole series, Duke, you will be humming this song as you're driving okay. to work. I, I trust you. All right, well, then that's the show. That's our Saturday morning uh, episode number 11. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and be sure to check out our Discord server where I'll put up pictures of me in a Superman outfit, and maybe I'll see if I can find a picture of me trying to trying to fly out in my backyard. I don't know if my mom took a candid shot of me or not, but I'll ask her. Or you can reenact <laughs> it with uh, Mother Brain. I can imagine her looking out the back, because her, her bedroom was looking out the back. She probably watched me in the backyard when I was a kid going, what is he doing out there? Is he trying to fly? But uh, anyway, well, thanks for listening no, again. No, you can reenact it right now. Oh, no, no, no. No thanks. You can put tie, tie a little towel around your neck <laughs> and have it break out the camera and go out there and reenact it. I'll, on, I'll whip out my underoos and I'll, I'll put my Superman <laughs> underoos on. Yeah, the Internet's going to want to see go. that. Everybody will love that. I guarantee you the Internet wants to see that. <laughs> well, I guarantee you they're not going to see it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I tried. All right, well, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. See you next week. Same Pee-wee time, same Pee-wee channel. <laughs>
By the way, Cowboy Curtis, whatever did happen on that date with Miss Yvonne? Uh, ahem, uh, gee, Pee-wee. I, I guess I don't remember. <laughs> Hehehehe <laughs>